It's time for Heat Wave Sports. Sit back and relax as you take a tour around the world of sports each and every Saturday and Sunday night. And now, your hosts for Heat Wave Sports, Tim Unglesby and Tom Barton. All right, Las Vegas. Welcome, everybody. We are live. Heatwave Sports, Tom Barton, Tim Unglesby, and a cast of characters coming to you. We will be going over throughout the course of the show. We are live today. Check us out at Cabo Wabo. We're on the third floor here, located inside the Miracle Mile Shops at Planet Hollywood, right on the Strip. And, Tim, I got to tell you, it looks pretty cool. We got uh, the Strip right behind our shoulders here. Got a nice little setup. Uh, the fans came out in droves to see us, obviously, so that's kind of cool. Um, but but I love doing the show live, and we're going to get into it today. Look, we know we have a little bit of college. We're going to maybe, maybe throw a comment out there, here or there about it, but really not going to get into it. Why? Because we are on the verge. There's just a couple of hours. We're on, yeah. we're on our watch now of NFL Week 1. And don't tell me about the Thursday game. No, it's something different when all the games are going on. You're watching Red Zone. You're checking it all out. We are hours away, so we're going to break down every game. I have a list of prop plays, Tim, that... I have CVS coupons are not yes. nearly as big as this list. So we'll go over some prop plays. We'll give you some totals. We'll give you our leans. We'll give you everything. So, Tim, you know, I, I'm back. I'm finally back. It's been a while. Uh, you, uh, you know, you're sore me for a couple of days now. But it's the first time we're doing a live show, I think, in three years. It's three years. Yeah. Uh, welcome back to Las Vegas, number one. And, again, thank you, Cabo Wobble, for having us tonight. If you're in the area, stop by. Uh, we're on the third floor. Just tell them you're here for the radio show. Come on. We want to meet everybody. Right? We said that in the last couple of weeks. We really do want to meet everybody listening because we appreciate all the listeners to the show. It's a, it's a niche time slot, and we've, had, we've survived over a decade. So, I mean. I've been getting the you, – you saw them. I've been getting the emails and the texts and the Facebook and yeah. the Twitter. And, you know, I, you know, a couple guys can't come. And, you know, I hope everything's okay with them. It's okay you don't come. You know what I mean? We, we like the support. I love the, the idea and the support and, uh, that, that we did have out there. Um, so, you know, look. We, we let's start it off. We're sitting here, back in Las Vegas, last three years, right? A lot has changed in the sports world. A lot has changed in the world, obviously, but a lot has changed in the sports world. And with the NFL, one of the things that we always try to talk about is don't let the past kind of dictate the future. And I think the biggest problem that people do on Week One, Tim, is they let the past dictate the future, mm-hmm. right? I mean, a lot a lot has happened just this summer for these teams and you hear people going well last year they did this right well all that la- oh they always do this uh, you know you can't have those kind of problems i've already started hearing that so in the sports book uh, well, just when you were waiting uh, i was waiting for you to come pick me up just in the sports book i heard some guy trying to make an argument and his argument was you know well last year i watched that game and, and his friend turns around to me and goes it's a whole new coach it's a whole new coaching staff doesn't matter. I think a lot of people are going to fall into that, right? And I, I will tell you, you know, it, it is a it's a unique experience that a lot of the country doesn't understand. And I do because I come out here all the time. I do because I do Atlantic City. But Tim, uh, being able to hear the talk in the casinos, being able to hear the, the vibe. We talked about the jerseys, right? The unique jerseys. I texted you the other night, uh, you know, a Jake Arietta Cubs jersey on a girl, yeah. you know? Uh, so that was kind of interesting as well. So we're already starting that out. I love the vibe of the city right now because it's week one of the NFL. So break this down for me, though, before we even get into the games. And we're going we're to have many guests tonight here, familiar voices you all know from the, the Lotus shows. 
Chris Wynn sitting in with us now, radio personality. I want to talk about, before we get into the games, I want to talk about your Vegas experience because it has been three years. You, last time you came here, there was no COVID. There was no, no shutdown. No. Now we're here, what, two years removed from it, which is crazy to even think about. Tom Brady was a young pup. <laughs> right. He had one less Super Bowl, two yeah. less Super Bowls, whatever. Um, what's it been like, though, for you to be back out here? I mean, have things different? Yeah, things are definitely different. Um, you, you could you could see that, that there is a difference, but I, I don't know if it was if it's such a difference. Um, that was three years ago. I think it's been the difference over the last you know four, five, six years that we've talked about. Um, the town is changing. It's just it, it's evolving into something that wasn't here before. I, I always say it's got like a LA vibe almost to it. You know, and, and we're sitting here, and the casinos are now um, not. Guy trying to get families and not, you know, having a, a pirate ship. Now you got, you know, the Cosmopolitan behind us on our right hand shoulder. So that's changed a little bit. I also definitely, um, I, I didn't see it the first night and a half that I was here. And something I miss is just that excitement. Everybody's here to have fun. Everyone's smiling. Everyone's happy. I didn't see it the first night or so. But tonight I start to see it, right? And and it's the weekend. So that that's there. And it's good for me, and even though I am an outsider, I've been coming here. You, you guys know I went. I, I went. We were talking about me and Rob Mish was talking about this, and we kind of went through it. Uh, for almost 15 years, I was out here at least once a month, and when I come out, I stay about a week, week and a half. Right? I, I literally stayed here for three months. I didn't live here; just never went home, kind of thing. So, I like to see that the city is back. It's thriving. The people are here. You, you know, you talked about when the hotels kind of had to cut down on prices and. You wouldn't know it. You know, you really wouldn't know it. You look around and you see everything. I'm not going to say it's back because you can clearly see, you know, there's some, some things. But it's, it's, it's just about back, and that's a great feeling. And a big difference, too, Tommy, also, of course, obviously the last time you were here, the Las Vegas Raiders were not. I mean, we did not have an NFL franchise here. So that's kind of a, you know, that's kind of a big, a big switcheroo for uh, you to see uh, Vegas as an NFL city that actually has an NFL franchise. And I think that's kind of uh, changed a little bit of the vibe here in Las Vegas as well, too. That's probably noticeable for you. Yeah, it definitely has. I mean, Vegas has always been, people always said Vegas isn't a sports town. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, it's laughable to me. I, I've always thought Vegas is a sports town. It's just not a dedicated to one team sports mm -hmm. town. Um, I saw a lot more Raiders jerseys, a lot more Raiders fans than I, I anticipated. I believed... Like I said, you go to, you go to a sports book on a Sunday. You're going to see every jersey of every team. It's just the nature of the NFL because guys wearing a jersey because he's the starting quarterback on his, his dynasty team. You know, in a fantasy league, like uh, it's the nature of the NFL is what the NFL wants. I have seen Raider jersey after Raider jersey after a lot of Raider hats. Um, a lot of females are getting into it. A lot of I see a lot of females embracing the Raider side, which is fantastic because the NFL has a lot of female fans. You know, I mean, my wife can speak to that <laughs> very well. Um, you know, so so. I, I do feel like it is becoming kind of a Raiders town, but I don't know if it was ever not a sports town. You know, mm -hmm. so, so you do hear that around. Well, they're finally a sports town. No, there's always been a sports town. It's just turning into kind of a Raider town. What do you guys think? Do you think it's going to ever be fully embraced as a Raiders town, or is it always going to be kind of a transient thing? And you could talk about, Chris, I know you lived in, in yeah. Florida. Tampa Bay Rays are not. You know the Tampa Bay Ray in town. You, there are more Yankee fans down there, right? Um, there are things like Miami Marlins. It's never going to be the Miami Marlins kind of town, even though they had success. Even though you know that, do you think that the Raiders are ever going to be 
Vegas's vibe, or is it always going to be diversified? Well, it's an interesting, you know, kind of topic you bring up as far as the fandom of Las Vegas, right? Because it's a little bit different. Obviously, the first major league franchise here was the Vegas Golden Knights. I never thought in my wildest dreams that we would have an NHL franchise would be the first one that we would have here in town, and that would be embraced by the by these sports fans here that uh, you refer to. Look, it's a sports town, right? Yeah. And they're and to me, I think this is a first and foremost is a basketball town. That's just my own personal humble opinion. And I think that I was rather surprised that the NBA was not the first major major uh, uh, franchise that actually showed up here. To uh, yeah, that actually showed up. So to me, I think I think there's a possibility it could become a Raiders town, but it's not yet. It's not in, it's not in that realm yet. But there is the newness. There is that you know there is that. Uh, that, that approach from Vegas sports fan that is that wants to embrace the Raiders, but I think it's going to take time for it to eventually happen. I didn't know anybody still liked basketball. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, you th- think about it. Like, cause be, give it, obviously, the UNLV running Rebels, you know, that's, that is the thing that, that Vegas sports fan uh, is, is clinging on to, right? Because that's, that's, the last, that's the major championship that was here in town. And the p- basketball program does have a history. Yeah. In fairness, the last what, 10, 15, 20 years hasn't been great. But the point being is I think that is why I think basketball is on the forefront when it comes to the fans here in town. And I think it'll, it'll take some time for Vegas to grab what you, what you mentioned, obviously, that, uh, that fever, I guess, for the Las Vegas Raiders. Well, go, go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, we're about to see a championship series here start on Sunday. And literally the first ever professional title could be the WNBA. Mm-hmm. Think about that, Tom. Yeah. I, no, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. The no. city, they're, they're, hey, there's, 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 there's factions of the city, Tommy, that are ramped up. And, you know, they're, the, they, they're, I'm sure, I'm sure there's a badminton fully behind the Las Vegas Aces, my friend. I mean, it's, a, it's, and <laughs> we'll see what happens, you know. But uh, the bandwagon's but, full again, man. Yeah. What, I, what Tim just that. said is a, is a fact. They could yeah. be the first team that you know from a, from a professional franchise, a major professional franchise, that I, wins a title. I will say this though: the one thing about the, about the, the Raiders being that, yeah. uh, I think that there's a uniqueness also to having a hero, the Vegas Raiders, your hometown team, whoever it might be, and a villain. I don't think Vegas fans have the villain yet you know um they, they you need that villain you need yeah the yankees got to have the red sox you got to have that team that, that you hate and that kind of unites the city against the other one i remember the san francisco mayor what she was ripping apart vegas and they went back and forth i thought that was a fantastic twitter war and i'm going man i i wish vegas had a team to take this on because you know everybody got behind her and and, and i think the Raiders need something like that to push them into that, that realm. Hey, maybe it's the same team they meet in the playoffs all the time. Maybe some player says something dumb about Vegas and everybody gets behind him. Maybe. But I think that everyone kind of is just very happy that, that the Raiders are here. Everyone's happy. Yeah. It's not live and die and bleed and, and go down with the ship kind of with the Raiders. I think it can happen, but I think you do. You need almost that villain team to unite everybody into. Okay, it's not just a football game that we're just kind of casually doing. Oh, no, we hate that team. Oh, no, 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 we're backing them up. Um, you saw a little bit of that 
when when you know the, the hockey team got rid of their goalie, right? You, you yeah. saw that. You saw everyone seemingly have the same emotion towards that, and I think that that's what the Raiders might need to give them the boost. And to your point, Tommy, look, the Raiders have a history, right? It's a storied, long history with other cities. So it's not like this is just some expansion team from the NFL coming in here to Vegas, and all of a sudden they can, you know, Vegas fans can absolutely embrace it because it's brand spanking new. The Raider Nation, Raider Nation is already out there, right? It's been out there for for decades. So. That, I think, is going to also slow down, you know, that uh, perception of, yes. the, of, of fandom here in Vegas as far as them uh, completely latching on to the team from a standpoint of uh, this is Vegas, we support them, as opposed to Raider Nation, which already exists and has existed for years. Yeah, so. yeah absolutely. Where you want to go, Tim? Dive I in. We should just dive in, right? I mean, this is yeah. we well, want to go game by game. Well, here's the deal, right, Tim, Tommy, and and, and to uh, all of a sudden, it, the number one word, anticipation, right? Yeah. Tomorrow, everybody, with the exception of the Buffalo Bills, who are now one and zero, and the Los Angeles Rams, who are zero and one. And we actually we have a everybody zero zero, yeah. and we have Armando out here sporting little L.A. Rams gear. I can't believe you would wear that in public. And we got on a strip like that. <laughs> And we've got avid listener also, Matt Visco over here. He's got his Buffalo Bills lid going on. And, and Tommy, we're going to get into this, right? The team that's expected to be successful this year, a team that has an opportunity, right, to, to break through, to be not the bridesmaid, but actually be the bride, is the Buffalo Bills. And, you know, look, we had a chance to see it on Thursday, but all the other teams, I, I mentioned the word anticipation, Everybody else gets a chance to kick it off tomorrow night, tomorrow afternoon. I was a year early, right? Last yeah. year I gave Josh Allen to, to win the MVP, and last year I gave the Bills to win the Super Bowl. I was a year early, right? I mean, mm-hmm. now, now, now he's leading the way in both areas. And it, unfortunately, Armando's fluky Super Bowl win got in the way. So, so, so on last week's NFL preview show, yeah. Tommy and I picked the Bills to win the Super Bowl because I just copy what Tommy says. Everybody knows that's the way it goes. Over that's the not year. how it goes down, is it? <laughs> you know, that's the way it goes. So, Chris... Super Bowl winner before we get into this, man. Before we get into this? Yeah. Buffalo Bills. Okay. Buffalo Bills are winning the Super Bowl. So they're not winning now because all of us, like, you know, according to the Chris Wynn jinx, they're not going to win now. But, but, but guys, there's a great stat is that uh, only twice in the last 18 years has a team that didn't have the top four odds coming out of Vegas going into week one to win the Super Bowl not won the Super Bowl. Uh, You know, so you generally have – teams that in this sport we always think it's parody it's not really parody the good teams are good and the, the Vegas knows yeah I mean you say it. Vegas knows the odds makers know these are the teams that are going to be good I think it would take a shocking shocking revelation if Buffalo doesn't win that division I think it would take something shocking if they don't play really well into the playoffs Super Bowl look anything can happen in one game series right uh, but you look at them and you go, how do you go against them? I mean, how do you how do you go against them? And they proved it. I mean, they, they laid it down without White, which I thought was a huge loss. Poyer missed time in the secondary, and Buffalo went out there and they proved it. So why why can we not? How can, how can you doubt them anymore? I mean, and, you just can't. Yeah, and even without that out there, right, Tommy, there are all kinds of intriguing storylines when you talk about the AFC. The Buffalo Bills playing the AFC, obviously. And right here, out here on the West Coast with the AFC West, there's just so many... Uh, you know, just interesting storylines as we get ready to kick it off uh, in the first NFL Sunday. Chris, wow. there are teams, not not a team, there oh, are right. teams in the AFC that will be left out of the playoffs, I think, and win the NFC. 
There are teams. We're going, to, we're, going to, we're going down our list. I think there's three, four teams that might be out of the playoffs. We're talking about teams like Miami might miss the playoffs. The Raiders might miss the playoffs. The Chargers did miss the playoffs, right? The Broncos. Teams that maybe we don't have in the playoffs, right? Maybe we're just missing. Maybe things go right in Indianapolis, but Tennessee wins the division. Pittsburgh comes out. Oh, Pickett does really well. There are teams in the AFC that if they were in the NFC, I'd go, oh, go they're going to the Super Bowl. Where they're in the AFC, eh, I don't know if they're making the playoffs. That's crazy. It's yeah, crazy. think about it. The marquee teams, as far as teams picked to win the Super Bowl, are who? It's teams like you know, the Los Angeles Chargers, right? AFC West team, AFC team. Yeah, there's not a lot of... Let's be let's be straight up and honest about it. With with the exception of probably the defending champions, lost the the Los Angeles Rams. There's not a plethora of uh, you know of talking heads out there and experts and and people that know what they're talking about with respect to the NFL that are talking about an, an NFC team winning the Super Bowl this year. Right. A lot of the team, the marquee teams that are being brought up at the top of everybody's head, are AFC teams. It's going to make it a lot of fun. I told Tim, Tommy that. Right? Tim, yeah. eight of eight of the ten best teams in the NFL. Come from, from the AFC, right? And I, and I told mm-hmm. Tommy, I was like, throw in Tampa, maybe throw in and the Rams. Yeah. You know, let me just it. bet the Super Bowl now. AFC minus one fifteen, and Tommy's like, that's a great bet. But mm-hmm. last two champions have come out of the NFC. Yeah, think about it, right? And, and do you really want to be betting against Brady? You know, yeah, <laughs> right. If he comes out, do you really want to be doing that? Uh, who knows? You know, you have the Bengals. I mean, the upstart Bengals. That I know Chris likes, and then I, okay. I don't even matter if him make make a play. Come on, they'll lose tomorrow. <laughs> gonna be under five hundred. You kidding me? Bengals. They're not even making the playoffs. Let's go to the Super Bowl. Come on. Let's <laughs> jump in then. Week one, we'll start it. I'm going to go off the William Hill app, so uh, we'll give so the game. So William Hill is going to give you a, a nice bonus. I, I, I would like to see that, yeah. <laughs> free free, free publicity right there. We'll go game, spread, total. You guys just chime in what you think. And as we rotate through the schedule, we'll have other people jump on and uh, give their thoughts as well. So let's start it out hot and heavy. How about this game, Nora? This is probably the game of the day here. Washington is a minus three against Jacksonville. The total is 44, Tom. I love it. I, I love this game. I can't wait to see this game because I think Jacksonville is making their push this year. Uh, I, again, I might have been a year early, and it was the Urban Meyer effect for me. I'm a huge believer in Trevor Lawrence is still going to have a dynamic career. I still like Travis Etienne, but I love the defense, man. I do. I, I think that people are overlooking the fact that they do have pass rushers. I think people are overlooking that how good this kid Walker is. He is a beast out there. They have two cornerbacks that can start for any team. And now you look at Washington. Carson Wentz is in a new system. That's a problem. Logan Thomas probably would have been his big kind of inside the 20 numbers guy. Not even going to be out there. Oh, by the way, his backup tight end. He's on the injury list. Oh, they're a third stringer. Oh no, he went down in camp too. So, so they're going to what fourth string tight end? You go. Who cares? You don't have to use a tight end. Well, for blocking purposes, they do care. Robinson basically won the job over Gibson because he had such a bad camp. But because of the problem that Robinson had, Gibson started. That's a problem also. So you then look at the defense. You go. Well, this is a calling card. They're missing their starting safety. They're missing Young for four games. I, I like Jacksonville tomorrow. I don't know about the total. I tend to lean the under. Um, but I like Jacksonville tomorrow, and, and I like a couple of the prop plays. Christian Kirk over 56 and a half yards, kind of like that. I think he's going to be that go-to guy. I, I like the receptions, but the, you know, of the million CVS receipts, I didn't see any receptions for him. I would think the biggest advantage for Jacksonville is Urban Meyer's not there, right? Doesn't that have to automatically put you uh, with a new outlook on life? He's literally, literally kicking grown adults. Kicking, you know. 
Uh, what is wrong with this man? Well, speaking of out- outlooks, as Tim brought up, that was obviously the big change in Jacksonville was the regime, right? I mean, we were going from a you know, completely different situation. There was so much going on off the field in Jacksonville last year that absolutely impacted this team inside and out. And uh, then now you talk about the personnel changes and, and some of the guys that you look to emerge, as Tommy brought up, obviously, with Travis Entienne, obviously with one more year under Tra- uh, Trevor Lawrence's belt. This is a team, I think, that uh, could surprise some people. But, uh, hey, Tommy... Tommy, if you like the, the Jags here, you're getting plus money, guys. You're getting, you're getting <laughs> plus 130 on Jacksonville in this game, in this matchup against Washington. It's not so enough. It's, gonna, I, it's definitely intriguing. To it's say not least. enough with the 130. I'd rather have the three. You know, I, yeah, I'd rather have, have the three, three points, in that yeah. spot. You know, just so you think it'd be a close game then? You think I think it's going to be down? a real yeah. tight game. I loved yeah. him at three and a half. I mm-hmm. said, you know, at three and a half, me and you were talking mm-hmm. about putting him in yeah. our contest picks mm-hmm. uh, at, at, at three and a half. Went down to three. Now I'm a little but I, but I won't money line something unless, you know, I. I'm pretty sure that they're going to win outright. I think that the game could be close. I'm not betting the game, but it'll be close. Being the average Joe better that I am, though, guys, and, you know, I, you know, I like my parlays. You know, I see that short number. I see that, you know, I see that three points, and it just screams to me, hey, you, you take a shot on the money line. You know, it just screams to me. And, and you know, average Joe betters like myself that, that hit the window t- uh, tomorrow and today and over the weekend are, are probably going to take a look at that money line, given that number is so short. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Game two, San Francisco, a touchdown favorite on the road at Chicago. Tom, this is your 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 boys here. Yep. Forty and a half the total. So you like the Bears tomorrow. Yeah, I do. I do. Look, I, I think that this is the everyone's swimming one way. We've seen it in the NFL, you swim the other way. The Chicago Bears total for the season wins total opened up at seven. It's down to five and a half in places. Everybody's pounding it. Every sports book is saying they, the Bears are terrible. They're absolutely garbage. Go look around. What are the Niners? Niners are going to the Super Bowl. Everyone's got them going to the Super Bowl. Oh, they're going to be great. Trey Lance, you know I like Trey Lance for a while. Um, but here, he's basically a rookie going on the road in a hostile territory against a good Bears pass rush. They might have not a, a lot of things, but they have good players. Robert Quinn had 15, 16 sacks last year. Roquan Smith is the best middle linebacker in the game. This kid Brisker that they drafted at safety and Johnson at corner are fantastic talents on the offensive side the offensive line's a mess absolutely it is david montgomery's a talent herbert's a talent mooney's a talent commit's a talent and then you look at san francisco george kittle's out so that's forget about his catching acumen which is massive he doesn't impress fantasy players because he is always into block now you have one less blocker for a questionable offensive line against a good bad pass rush i love the over for sacks in this game i think both of these running quarterbacks could get their over for it's 39 and a half right now it went up from 34 and a half 39 and a half trey lance rushing yards and 33 and a half for justin fields i think both of them could run the ball but it also caused a lot of sacks to me this is an ugly game it's supposed to rain in this one as well it's an ugly game in an ugly game i'll take a touchdown from the home team against a young quarterback any day tim to that point tommy just brought up this is the lowest total in the nfl this week sitting at 40 and a half right now and to me i think that's a little even, even high high there for the, between these two teams we could end up seeing an iowa hawkeye type game here in this situation i could absolutely see a Game. People thought 39 seven. and a half was too low for that. <laughs> exactly <laughs> right for the for the Hawkeyes. Yeah. But it's uh, but but to your point, I mean, look, I like Justin Fields a lot. I think he's been, obviously he's been very impressive in preseason and training camp this year. And uh, the Bears obviously have some pieces on offense that can be explosive. But I concur with you. I think this is going to be one of those games that could be low scoring. And uh, what, what's interesting to me is you take a look at the Chicago here. If you if you want to take the points at plus seven, this is very telling. This this shows you that they think it's going to be a tight tight football game. Right now, you can get the Bears plus seven. It's minus. 
115. All right, so the expectations is that it's probably gonna, it, the Bears most likely are going to lose, but it's probably going to be you know within a touchdown type of game, and I fully expect that's going to be the case. Here's my problem with the game, and it's not about Chicago, right? Because I think in the NFL, even if even the bad teams win football games, right? So we're getting a touchdown. We love that at home. We love that aspect of it. I look at the 49ers side of it, and you said it best, Tom. No Kittle. Uh, yeah, you have Debo, but what's the what, what's the decoy there? We don't know who really the running back is. They can filter in anybody they want. But my biggest problem is at the quarterback position because in camp, Shanahan, genius boy, number two, behind McVay, of course, comes out and says, Trey Lance is our guy. We're going to get rid of Garoppolo. Mm-hmm. Then a week before the season, oh, let's just extend Garoppolo. We'll give him some money. And Trey Lance comes out and says the correct thing, right? I'm, I'm happy to have him there for that veteran. You're not happy to have him there. Now, all of a sudden, you've put this massive pressure on your back, and this extends past week one. If Lance fails in the first three or four games, he's out, right? Garoppolo's in. You, I don't know what the problem was. But maybe they didn't feel they were going to get enough back for him to move him, but they've created another issue now, and maybe Trey Lance can move through that and, and be the guy that they want to be there. I thought it was a terrible move. Move him for whatever you have to move him for, but give him the job solely. Now you made it think like if he does suffer, they're going to go to the switch because what's Shannon going to do? If they're, if they're one in three after four games, he has to make a move. Well, here's the thing. The San Francisco 49ers could implode on themselves big time this year, and Shanahan uh, could be just the reason because of exactly what they just did. Interesting note, right? You mentioned that. They have a veteran team. They think that their window is to win now. If they don't believe in Trey Lance, they are going to look to Jimmy and go, that guy got us there. Well, here's what I'll tell you. We all know they do not believe in Trey Lance. I will tell you that right now. And how do I know? It's not speculation. It's not me having a dude in there. And No, 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 no. They named six captains. He was not named as a captain. That is ridiculous. Last year, Trey Lance was, uh, Trey Lawrence, uh, Trevor Lawrence was named as a captain. Justin Fields was named as a captain. Wilson on the Jets was named as a captain. He's the only starting quarterback in the NFL that, that over the last two years here that wasn't automatically given the captaincy. The team and Shanahan's excuse why they oh, why wouldn't you just just give a seventh captain right? Just, he goes, no, the team the team voted on it. Team votes on that, and they don't vote the starting quarterback, the kid that clearly they need to show the support for. You know that's going on. They don't believe in him, and they could implode upon themselves. And quickly, Tommy, Tim brought up the point from the perspective of Trey Lance. How about the perspective of Jimmy Garoppolo? Jimmy <laughs> Garoppolo, you guys, and this is a, I'm making a factual statement. This isn't C. Win, you know, being some kind of uh, football expert. Jimmy Garoppolo is one of the top 32 quarterbacks in the NFL. Okay, he should be starting in the NFL. Look, I understand he's now on the bench, all right? He's sitting, sitting behind a, essentially a prospect. But how is Jimmy Garoppolo's frame of mind not, you know, just absolutely fired up and pissed off that he's not the guy in San Francisco? I know he said the right things and, you know, he's played the, the, the you, teammate thing. You know why he's not mad about first? that perspective of the Jimmy Garoppolo side of things? You know why he's not mad? Because he knows he's going to be playing in the playoffs <laughs> because he's going to be the starting quarterback. Right, right. He knows he's taking them. Cool, I get to yeah. rest up. For the first five, six games, mm-hmm. you're nice. I'll be nice and fresh. You're yeah. telling me Cleveland couldn't offer a package that was suitable for Jimmy Garoppolo to be Seattle the starting Geno Smith tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> or Monday. I mean, you know. I think that's genius number two. Just <laughs> yeah. outthinking himself again. Like, yes. I'm going to go with Lance. Oh, uh, better not go with Lance, right? So yeah. you create your own environment. No offense, as you're sitting here wearing a Ravens jersey next to me, the yeah. New York Jets are starting Joe Flacco. I love it. Is I love it for the Ravens. Tommy, side of it. Is it 2012, 2012. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah. All right. Let's do one more here before we take the first time out. <laughs> Trubitsky. Oh yeah. Right. 
<laughs> oh, yeah. New England at Miami. Trubisky's got – listen, Trubisky bring, uh, brought them to the playoffs. Say, save brought that one. them to the playoffs. Save that analysis for the for that matchup, Tommy. Winner. Sure He's gonna, a winner. We're going to have an explosion on that one. New England in Miami. Uh, we got three in the crooked number there. Three and a half. Miami at home. 48, 46 the total. I think we all like New England in this game, guys. Uh, I'm torn. I'm torn. I, I, I'm torn because they're all realities of, of sometimes guys struggle. Bill Belichick struggles to win in South Beach. And it's not, you know, oh, well, it's a different team. No, no, no. Tomorrow it's supposed to be, I told you, it was very, very humid, maybe storms in the forecast. It's supposed to be about 102 feel with 90% humidity. These things that you can't prepare for. We watched that the happen in college games. You can't prepare for this. They're playing up in New England. They're practicing up in New England. And it, again, it's not me just talking like like Chris said. You know, it's not all because I'm a football expert. No, yeah. Bill Belichick switched it up. He switched it up. He used to bring them down two days before. They're, they've been spending the last week in Miami they, because he knows I got to do something different. They've lost four of the last five there and seven of the last eight or seven of the last nine. That's ridiculous, guys. You know, he can't win down there with superior teams. So it does give me pause. It gives me pause because of that. On the other side of it, though, um, you also have the idea that every New England reporter that I respect and know, every single one of them is like, this is the worst training camp we've ever seen under Belichick. They can't get anything going. They can't do anything right. We don't know. Maybe he's just uh, playing employer. Oh, look, we're really bad. But other than that, it just looks it looks bad. I, you know, I like New England because it's Belichick, and it's built into my veins. That he's getting three and a half, I like him. And it's a it's a road, you know, team getting three and a half. Yeah, but it's a division team getting three and a half. I like that aspect. But, man, New England might just fall apart this year. It's possible. This could be the year, right, guys, that every team in the AFC East that has just been getting bludgeoned by the Patriots year in and yeah. year out might be getting their revenge. Well, year, not right? every team. The Jets aren't. Well, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the Jets notwithstanding, but yeah. but uh, you understand my point. Yes. This could be an opportunity for teams like the Miami Dolphins, obviously, and, and of course the Bills, where they can flex their muscles a little bit against this New England team. Given that, uh, hey, let, let's face it. I mean, you're you're losing, you know, the best signal caller in the history of the sport. The, the last few years, obviously, has not been there. Uh, the transition to a young guy in Mac Jones, who has not proved himself yet to be a guy that can that can take them to the promised land. It's uh, you've had a lot of transition from a personnel standpoint with the New England Patriots and of course you know look they're just they're just not the same team as far as uh p- putting fear in the rest of not only the people in, in not only the teams in the AFC East but the teams in football period I think there is real a real chance here that uh, some teams could uh could take that out on them you know, in 2022. Uh, let's, let's talk about Belichick for a minute here because I, I don't understand what he's doing and oftentimes we don't understand Belichick and he went to a, a ring right but he built this team on defense, 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 right? That's what we're doing. We don't care. We're going to be. We're going back, back in time. Going to play defense. He loses his best corner. He lets him walk away. Oh no problem. We'll just kind of replace him. No, no, you won't, right? If your team is built on purely defense and you have no offensive weapons and you didn't even try to upgrade, how do you let him? How do you let JC walk away? That, that, that was insane. And I start to go down the, the path of Bill Belichick and I start to look at other coaches and uh, from different sports. Some guys, time just passes them by. Some guys, you, you get exposed. Greg Popovich is a guy that me and you always talked about how good he was. Look, the real reality is is that Greg Popovich, for either one of two things, either his brain isn't in it anymore, doesn't doesn't care, game kind of passed him by, or was it he just had amazing superior players, right? That could be. 
Popovich is a perfect example. Tony La Russa is a guy that everyone's kind of making fun of now, right? Even though the White Sox are steaming up. But everyone's kind of making fun of Tony La Russa now. Why? Because he's doing old school stuff. The game sort of passed him by is what, what the conversation is. I don't think we could have that conversation yet about Belichick. But the fallback is... You mentioned Brady, sure. Yeah, he left. But so did McDaniel. So did assistants. So, you know, he's losing everybody, and he's trying to hold on to this position. I don't know if the game itself passed him by, but I think that the evolution of the game where you don't get to keep your assistants the whole time, where you don't get to keep your number one cornerback, I think that may have passed Bill by, and this could be a bad year for them. And, Tim, I know we're going to a break, but uh, we didn't even talk about the Miami Dolphins, right, the transitions they made. You know, you go for the quir- you got the quirky, eccentric, young head coach there. Obviously, acquisition of Tyreek Hill is big <coughs> for the Dolphins, and, and everybody wants to know, is Tua the guy, right, and, and, and see how that all works out with him. I mean, this is a Dolphins team that a lot of people are pretty high on. So, so hear me out, and I'll make a point for, for Patriot fans or anybody that wants to bet on this game. I'm not going to bet on it, obviously, but hear me out. Everything you guys said is correct, right? So what's the opposite side of that? New head coach in Miami. And, and this is the way this game's going to go. If Miami's going to win, they're going to blow them out. If it's close, I think New England has an opportunity to win. And I know game. where you're going with your points. It's a tremendous point. Yeah. It really it, 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 You can't argue it. Right. Brand new head coach. All the onus is on Tyreek Hill. Who's the running back? Um, Edmonds. Edmonds, right? Yeah, Chase Edmonds. Ed Moster. Right. What, what are the question marks? Though? You have a huge question mark on Tua. Huge question mark on the, on the D-line. Flip that switch now to the other side. Waddle's banged up. Belichick has had a whole offseason to prepare for this game. You talked about them going down early to uh, get acclimated. Well, Chris, you know as well as I do that Belichick was out here for a week in this 115-degree weather with the Raiders practicing, right? So the team's getting acclimated. And I know they've looked like crap during, during camp. Mac Jones, in year two, everybody's down on him. He's had a terrible preseason. He has weapons there, Stevenson, Bourne, Parker, uh, Aguilar. Not, not superstar names, but together, Hunter, right, yeah, or whoever the tight end is. Together, it gives him options. And here's the thing. He's had all offseason to plan this out, and we know how he is coming off buys. This is a hell of a buy. If the game is close and you're getting a three and a half, I take the Patriots in them, and I think that they 17, can 16 type game, you right, know, yeah. right. down and dirty, it, ugly. It just kinda. makes sense, doesn't yeah. it? Tommy, he's making the case, my friend. I'm taking a look <laughs> at this money line with the Patriots. I don't know. I kind of like the yeah, under. Yeah. Kind of like the under there. I, Tim Ogglesby, I like what he's. I'm picking up what he's putting down over here. It's a gr- it's a great game. point because it's Belichick against a guy that's never been a head coach. Yeah. And and you just said he's got all off season. Plus, Matt yeah, Patricia's yeah. back on staff. So, right there, that's, there a, that's a win. That yeah, gives a win boost, for you guys. That gives man. a boost to your but defense what's he, already. What right is there, he? Because right? they don't yeah. have an offensive coordinator. No, they, they, don't, they don't have coordinators there. No, they don't have coordinators. <laughs> another one of those stellar assistants that uh, did such a great job as a head coach in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, well, the other one got fired in Miami. So, yes. you know, here we go. Should have never fired, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Jim Caldwell. Yeah. Should have yeah. never happened. And we're going to have Brian Feldman on yeah. the show here. I'm sure he's going to want to chime in on this, too, as we get – as we get ready to break down that Detroit Lions-Philadelphia Eagles game, baby. Well, let's take out take timeout number one. We're out of Cowboy Wobble Canteen on the Las Vegas Strip. Please, if you're in the area, come on by. Ask for where the radio dudes are. We're up on the third floor. Come in and hang out with us. We come back. We'll continue week one through the NFL. It's Heat Wave Sports here on Fox Sports Radio. <laughs> Heat Wave Sports coming your way live on a Saturday night. 
Tim Ugglesby, Tom Barton, our faithful, our outstanding host here. We are live at Cabo Wabo Cantina, the Miracle Mile Shops at Plant Hollywood Resort and Casino. We are in the loft, guys, out in here. It is outstanding, located on the second level of Cabo Wabo. The loft offers over 3,200 square feet of private event space, stunning views of the Las Vegas Strip, and state-of-the-art technology, including HDTVs, a projector screen, surround sound, and more. It's a great setup up here, everybody out there. Kickoff. Football season at Cabo Wawa, $23 beer bucket specials of five, including a choice of uh, a number of cold ones out there. Watch the games on multiple big screen TVs throughout the cantina as we get amped up, guys, fired up for week one Sunday in the NFL. Two teams got a chance to kick it off on Thursday, but uh, we get the majority, right, Tommy? As uh, Tommy Martin joins us here from the East Coast on uh, you know a well-deserved trip out here to Las Vegas, we get uh, – all kinds of fired up to see uh, NFL football tomorrow uh, in a uh, in earnest among oh, yeah. all the teams. Chris, how, how many how many tickets are gonna you gonna have in your pocket? Yeah, <laughs> uh, how many? Are There's you, gonna you, be a solid Chris, stack, you my friend. Yeah, you're doing yes. the sprinkle, right? You're like, There's right. gonna be a solid stack, and uh, you know, uh, a lot of you, if you follow <laughs> Tom Barton's social media, he points out that he got you you got a slate, my friend, <laughs> oh, yeah. of prop bets that are going on, and that's going to be, you know, obviously, that's become a big part of the sports bettors uh, menu out there, is right? It's not just about betting on the side, betting the totals, guys, and betting your parlays. The prop bets, Tommy, right, have just expanded, in, in, and because of the explosion of sports gaming throughout the country, including your neck of the woods now, which is probably, you know, from a volume standpoint, you're talking about, you know, the tri-state area is, is so huge out there. But the props are absolutely just a big thing, right, Tommy, when it comes to NFL Sundays? Props are massive, just yeah. absolutely massive. I'll bet... Yeah, I, I mean, I went really, really large on Toledo today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I only played play, play two games. I went real large on Toledo, mm-hmm. uh, and I gave that out for free to everybody. But um, I'm going to bet more tomorrow on prop bets, probably double, than actually straight games, just because there is value. And, and you know, you just get a, so many, an assortment, that they're going to make a mistake. Yeah. Or they're going to they're gonna miss something. It's going to fall through the cracks. You know, we and Tim have sat in there, I'm going – what about that? And he's like, whoa. You know, I mean, and you're getting plus money back also. You, you can't get those kind of odds. You're not going to be able to capitalize on that if you're not doing a prop bet. Just to give you, you know, an example, to throw something out there, uh, and we were talking about this, is Baker Mayfield, right? Baker Mayfield to throw two touchdowns tomorrow is plus 185. You're not getting a plus 185. You just, you just gave, you know, how, talk about, well, you could take him on the money line. Take the Bears on the money line, or you could take, you know, Justin Fields to throw a touchdown. I mean, you have the alternate way of doing it, and you can capitalize on under dogs that way for sure yeah i mean we've seen it through the super bowl right guys the super bowl you just get sheets and sheets when it comes to props so i can imagine now, now that you have a you know full slate of an nba schedule coming up tomorrow it's going to be uh, very juicy and very nice for football fans out there to get a chance to to dive into that and it's only going to continue to increase it vegas is behind the rest of the country well my neck of woods like you said they're yeah. behind atlantic city by far and new york with prop pets and i say to tim all the time tim i gotta call the winner i got the he's like eh, it's not available you know, it's not available out here. <laughs> yeah, I can't available. take that one. What? You know, um, so it's coming. It's coming more. It's, it's getting bigger out here. It, I say a year, maybe two years. It's going to be absolutely explosive. It, it, it's going to overtake the market. I've sp- spoken to sports directors in Atlantic City that are like, are you kidding me? We, we take more player prop bets and team prop bets and team totals and all that than anything that we could do on straight bets. They, yeah. They're getting more volume there. So it's going to continue to just keep racking up. Let's jump back into the card. Go Baltimore at New York, the Jets, the Ravens. This one's down to six and a half in some places, Tom, including the one I'm looking at right now on my cell phone. Total is 44. We'll actually start with 
Brian Feldman, who's joined the show. He's the host of Out of Line. In fact, that show goes live here in about 10 hours, Brian. So appreciate you coming down and supporting the show, even though you have to get up at the butt crack of dawn to do your show now. I'm just not going to go to bed tonight. You know? okay. I, think, okay. I think that makes it easier. I'm down here on the Las Vegas Strip. Why not? Tommy Barton's in town. <laughs> we'll just kind of hang out, and uh, I'll look for a bunch of prop bets to bet on there for tomorrow's go. game. But, um, you know, in that game right there, Tim, I – I, I don't know how you can like the New York Jets right now. I understand Joe Flacco's a seasoned veteran who's going to start for the Jets right now, but that's a team that I, I shake my head. I don't know what they're doing there. I don't know when that team's going to get, uh, you know, get their act together, similar to what I, the Detroit Lions, regardless of everyone drinking the Kool-Aid, and we'll talk about that in a bit. But I, liked, I, I definitely like the Ravens in this, this game. I think this is the year Lamar Jackson really takes that leap forward. And if he doesn't, then he never will. But I think right now this is the time to show everyone that he has completely figured it out because there's no question with his skill set he has the ability to be as good as anybody in the league just because of his tremendous athletic ability it's just can he figure it out to get to that next level and get this team to a Super Bowl quality team and again their defense is a little bit suspect this year but compared to the Jets I think the Ravens it's it's not even a ball game that's you know you know, I'll tell you, Tim, you know, we were talking about this in the car, and for me, everyone's kind of looking at this as lines coming down because they're afraid of Joe Flacco, right? That, 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 I mean, that really is because it, it, Wilson stinks, and, well, Joe Flacco has got revenge on his mind. I, I don't look at it like that. I look at it from the other standpoint, and you're going, well, Lamar Jackson is going to go up against a, a, a young secondary. Mm-hmm. Look. They have talent, but they're a young secondary. But he doesn't pass the ball. And people go, oh, look, he's not passing the ball. It doesn't matter. The run schemes that they have, that the Ravens uh, have, make you come up as a corner and as the safety and put you out of position to try to make that tackle. These young guys are not going to be used to that, right? They're not going to be able to, to do that. Go back to college. What do we always talk about? What bothers teams? The best teams in the country, what bothers them? The triple option. You throw a triple option on that team. Oh, my goodness. Uh, you know, here we go. We don't know what we're doing. It's not necessarily the front guys. The front guys are, are doing everything. It's the corners, it's the edges, and seal the edges. The Ravens don't run a triple option, but they certainly run more of a aggressive running style than any of these kids ever saw. And I'm calling them kids because that's exactly what they are. I think that that's going to be the difference. You said Lamar Jackson. I think Lamar Jackson has a massive game. And if they close down, and if they bring the corners over, and they contain, that's all you're going to see. Andrew's over the top, and it's going to be a passing game, and he's going to be able to do that. You got an Andrew's jersey on. Don't yeah, that, thank Jim. you, by the way. And, and and that's the key. So, I'm a Ravens fan, and they always say, "What's the handicap on when you look at your team?" And I don't look at it that way anymore. I more look at it from an analytical uh, point of view. And here's the thing: Are people really driving this number down because Joe Flacco's the quarterback? Yes, he's 40 yes. years old, right? Is he that much? If Zach Wilson is the quarterback, when, when before this line, before they even knew what was the line when Zach Wilson was the quarterback, seven. Yeah. So. so Flacco is inserted as a starting quarterback, and the line goes down half a point. Yeah, but Robert Sala said that Flacco oh, looked well. great in camp. Come on. Sala's the guy. Right. I, <laughs> this, is a, this is a Lamar Jackson FU game, right? There's yeah. no The contract extension talk is done. Now he's going to go out and get his. That's the way I look at it. Baltimore will pay dearly in the offseason for this. This is an FU game. It doesn't matter who runs the ball. It's plug and play at that point. We know how Harbaugh's offense works. They have no receivers. They never have receivers. Their receiver is Mark Andrews. Keep an eye on Isaiah Likely, too, the rookie. He, he's going to play a big part in that offense this year for, for Baltimore as well. It doesn't matter who the receivers are. I, I just, you know, the Jets are so bad, in my opinion, that Baltimore should do enough, Chris, 
to get a win here by more than a touchdown. Guys, the betting number tells a story here. No question about it. There's only one other bigger money line favorite coming up tomorrow, and that's the Indianapolis Colts against the Houston Texans. I don't at mind minus three sixty. You look at this Baltimore, right? Baltimore minus minus three ten. You got to lay. You got to lay three ten to win hundred in this game, Tommy. Uh, on I'm the okay Baltimore that. Ravens, yeah, that, that, that tells me something about yeah. uh, what they think of the New York Jets. In the I, 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 I like it. I'm, I, yeah. you, I'm glad you mentioned the money line. Listen, if you, if you were scared about the six and a half, they're not losing the game. No. You know what I mean? And it's not a ridiculous money line. We'll go out there and we'll bet, you know, a, a Kershaw minus 310 and feel okay with it. This is, this is Lamar Jack. They're not losing this game. I agree. About this divisional matchup, Saints-Falcons, New Orleans at Atlanta. So five and a half, the Saints are the favorite, 43 the total. I'll start with Tom. Division matchup. Home team getting points. You, you made that very clear earlier this week. Yeah, I did. 61% over the last 15 years. Divisional matchup getting poor. They, they're covering the spread 61% of the time. This line is. This game is just a nightmare game for me. All mm. over the, I don't know what to do with this game. I'm going to be honest. I, threw, I, I looked at the sheet. I'm in a pick'ems league. You know, you had mentioned to me, hey, you want to put him in the catch? I, I, didn't even, I, I can't even break this game down. There's too many <laughs> moving parts. New coaches, new quarterbacks, new systems. Atlanta has nobody. Kyle Pitts is going to throw the ball, run the ball. He's going to block you. <laughs> I mean, it, yeah, it, it's, it's a mess on both sides. I don't believe him. To take the Saints, you have to believe that one of the greatest coaches that we've seen, Sean Payton, his absence won't be missed. And... James Winston just fixed everything, and he's eating W's. And they, and Michael Thomas is going to get along with everyone, and Alva Kamara doesn't have his you know trial on his head. And you have to believe that. And then to take Atlanta, you have to believe that Marcus Mariota, that's never been a starting quarterback in this league, is going to take a step up with the worst pieces that he's ever had on offense. And and oh by the way, we talk about this all the time, Chris. I know that you like this because he wrote me and texted me. Name three defensive players on Atlanta. You know what I mean? Like he can't, can't. do it, right? Yes. So this game to me is a Total mess. The Saints should win. It makes sense. If you want to go straight, straight statistics, you take Atlanta plus the points. I'm crossing it right off my card. I can't. I just can't even go. Brian, I think about one of my favorite tunes from Bob Marley, Redemption Song. When I think about the quarterbacks in this game, obviously, you're right. You're talking about Jameis Winston for the New Orleans Saints. And how about Marcus Mariota, Brian? Is he the guy in Atlanta? Obviously, he was on Vegas' bench last year and didn't get a real opportunity at all to do anything. What do you think about Marcus Mariota going to Atlanta? You know, I, I think in all, for so many years, this was a good divisional matchup. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look yeah. forward to an Atlanta-New Orleans Saints game. You were going to see some quality football. You know, you had Matty Ice on one side, Drew Brees on the other, prolific offenses, good defenses. This may be the worst divisional matchup of the year. And there's some bad ones, but Tommy's 100% right. Atlanta is a complete, uh, a guy that uses this term all the time, and I won't bring up his name, but they're a complete dumpster fighter, okay? I mean, they really are. This team is god-awful. And New Orleans, I am not drinking any Jameis Winston Kool-Aid whatsoever. Jameis Winston might break his own record for interceptions this year. I mean, that guy's bad. He, he really just couldn't get the job done in Tampa. I don't know if, if it's something mental with the guy, because we know what kind of skills he had. Hell, he could have been a professional baseball player. But yet... He is a bust, and Marcus Mariota is not rejuvenating any career. The kid from Cincinnati by midseason, just like in Pittsburgh, will be the starting quarterback. Ritter. Uh, yeah. Ritter will be the starting quarterback of the Atlanta Falcons, I'm guessing by maybe week four. Tim and Tommy, you look at the Saints, man. If you want to, get, you want to be glass half full, okay, Jameis Winston has a solid season. You get Alvin Kamara back, you know, playing the way that Alvin Kamara should play, and then you got, you know, Michael Thomas come back, plays the way that Michael Thomas can play, and then, oh, by the way, Chris Olave steps in and has a, you know, Good and has a solid too. rookie year. There are, there's reason to be optimistic, right, if you're down on the Big Easy. 
on the same who's time. Who's the coach? Who's the head coach? <laughs> oh, maybe maybe yeah. you make it you make right. a good point right, right. yeah right. but they do look they do have a good defense and, and you're yeah. right you can be optimistic but i i go back to that and it's the same thing with my with people that are drinking the miami cola yeah. like i don't know what this guy does uh, who yeah. knows you know he might be a good coach we don't know we have no yeah. idea and, and that's the problem i'm optimistic in saying tampa bay wins that division that's what my optimism is right unless brady yeah. gets killed because he's missed a three offensive linemen yeah, well. this game this next game this Wow, the storylines are built in for you here on this one. Carolina, Cleveland. Oh, Lord. And this this game's gone down now, Tom. So it was originally Cleveland. Then Deshaun has all his issues. The line, uh, Baker goes from uh, Cleveland to Carolina. The line switches back the other way. It was a one, one and a half. We're back down to a pick em here for this one. At Carolina, 42 the total. But, Chris, just... Am I right? This is like a reality show setting in, and now we get the payoff episode tomorrow. Obviously, two games in which quarterback storylines are prevalent. You've got the Monday night game with, you know, with Russell Wilson going back to Seattle. This is the other one with Baker Mayfield facing his old team after you know what uh, has transpired with the Cleveland Browns organization all this offseason, right? As far as Deshaun Watson and all of that. Now you have uh, they have a landing spot for Baker, and it is Carolina. I'm sure, like a lot of you guys who are NFL fans. I, I always say, like, I believe Josh Jacobs can be that guy. He'd be a number one running back. I'm hoping that Chris McCa- Christian McCaffrey can just stay on his feet. Can yeah. he stay healthy for, you know, for, for the Carolina Panthers? If he can, then uh, Carolina has a chance. But I'm telling you, this is a absolutely screams at me uh, revenge game, even though it, I mean, it, it shouldn't even be that big of a revenge type of situation, to be quite honest with you. But it does scream that, that, in that direction with respect to the Cleveland Browns against Carolina tomorrow. Yeah, I'll tell you, it's it, a situation where <laughs> so much – you had, had a great point before we were on the air, Chris, and you said, you know, heart above head. Um, yeah. People have to remember, uh, you guys are Marvel fans out there, Thanos won, right? <laughs> I mean, he, he got yeah. a win. So, the, you know, the Browns here – are, are Thanos, right? Everybody yeah. hates them. They're a, a team of scumbags and losers and pieces of garbage. We know that. It doesn't matter. They're a better team. You, you know, I mean, they just are. Now, I hope Baker goes out there. And the best Baker we ever saw is the crotch-grabbing guy with the chip on his shoulder. Mm-hmm. Maybe that rejuvenates this kind of Baker. So I'm not going to bet on the game because of that. But I see everybody loading up on Carolina because they want Carolina to win because how can you root for this Browns team? How can you root for Kareem Hunt and Deshaun Watson and Miles Garrett swinging his helmet? How can you root for this collection of guys? But you don't have to root for him to make money, though. The smart money probably still is on Cleveland here. But I would love Baker Mayfield to come out. I did mention it earlier. I like the Baker Mayfield plus 185 to throw two touchdowns. Plus 185, you give me to throw two touchdowns? I think he does have a little bit of revenge game in him. Brown's defense is just too good. And Nick Chubb is one of the good guys on the team, is still just too good. Just don't go out here and bet because I just want to root against Cleveland. There's nobody outside of Cleveland that is rooting for Cleveland, right? And that's where the money's going. And, Tommy, to your point, Vegas is up in the air, right? This game's a pick right now. Uh, either way, with both these teams, you're looking at a total of 42. So, Brian... Uh, you know, it's a, it's kind of a crapshoot, really, to use a Vegas term. It, as far it as is a crapshoot. What you do you know, expect from a, from a result in this game? No, you know, you know what, Tommy. The reason that I like Carolina in this game is just simply, you look at history. 
a quarterback goes from one team to another and then plays his old team. The same reason I love Denver this weekend in Seattle. I think Russell Wilson is going to go there and have a great game. Say, look at the, look at the money I got. Here's how good I still am. I think you're going to see the make, Baker Mayfield has way more of a chip on his shoulder than Russell Wilson does. And he's going to go in there and say, I'm going to wipe out Cleveland. And I think Baker Mayfield is one of those emotional type of guys. And I think this is that game where he explodes. And I really look for him to have a big game against his former team. Although I do agree with you, Cleveland's defense is, is relentless. And they are, they are going to be one of the better defenses. And people don't talk about them enough as, as being one of the better defenses in the league. But I do like him. And at the skill positions, other than quarterback, you're 100% right. Not just Nick Chubb, but how about Kareem Hunt? Nick Chubb goes down. Kareem Hunt is as good of a backup as there is in the NFL. And Dearness Johnson's not a bad three. Not a bad three at all. So Cleveland does have some weapons. They do have a really good defense. And on paper, they should win this game. They are the better football team, even with uh, even without their quarterback. Um, but again, I just like Carolina, and again, it's the intangible of Baker Mayfield and the type of character that he is. And he's got a lot of pride, and I think he has a great game tomorrow. Guys, is there a chance that that works against Baker, though? And let me just lay this out for you. Um, Cleveland does a certain type of running style that drains the clock. They play defense. Baker wanting to get out there, wanting to prove it, amped up, fired up sitting on the sideline watching six, seven-minute drives go by, you know, even if they don't score. Uh, you know, six, seven-minute drives, draining the clock, barely getting onto the field, and then feeling the pressure in the fourth quarter to have to provide another big game against my former team. Now I'm going to take a couple of shots because I've been standing on the sidelines. It's just one of those areas. I'm not trying to talk you out of it, you know what I mean, because I'm not on the game one way or the other. Uh, but Baker's own enthusiasm could potentially work against him on a team that will keep him on the sidelines like this. Really good point, but uh, one thing I'll say also on that is who knows Baker Mayfield better than the Cleveland Browns. So that would probably be the one reason that I would say, you know, with their defense, knowing him and having played against him in practice for a couple of years now, you know his tendencies, and that will be in the Browns' favor. But again, I just like, the, you know, he is that type of an emotional guy. He'll play great tomorrow and then lay an egg the following week that, that, that you know, that's going to be as bad as it gets. Nick Chubb had the, had the great, you saw me retweet this, Nick Chubb had a great comment this week, and they asked him about Baker Mayfield, and he goes, well, we all know him, we all know him very well, so we all know we have no idea what to expect. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. if you say that, you go, to your point, it's an explanation point on that, yeah. Well, we're out here live on the Las Vegas Strip, Cabo Wabo Cantina, Heat Wave Sports, Fox Sports Radio, Hour 1 coming to a close. When we come back in Hour 2, obviously more NFL Week 1 football. Armando Vasquez in the building. He'll join us with his... I'm going to get Armando's pick of the week here in hour number two along, along with everybody else. But, hey, if you're in the area, please come on down and say hi. Tommy is looking forward to, to seeing all his fans. Isn't that right, Tommy? I hey, always man. am. Yes, yes. <laughs> the overwhelming number. <laughs> that my fans all come to Twitter. My, my yeah, fans well, all come to Twitter. I'm a, I'm a Twitter guy now somehow. I don't know. He I, can't, I still just can't believe they're playing NFL Week 1, you know, the same day as Game 1 of the WNBA Finals. <laughs> Come on, guys. Oh I mean, that's just repulsive. To me, yeah. that's just preposterous. That is ridiculous. <laughs> now. Ridiculous. Hour 2 on the way, Heat Wave Sports, Fox Sports Radio. All right, guys. Welcome back. Heat Wave Sports. Tom Barton from TomBartonSports.com here with the collection and cast of everybody in the Heat Wave family. Everybody jumping on. And we are sitting here, Cabo Wobble Cantina, located inside the Miracle Mile Shop at Planet Hollywood near a resort and casino. We're upstairs, come and see us. Come and hang out. Be like, hey, where are those sports guys at? Right, right, where, 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 where are they doing that radio show at? Uh, Tim Unglesby, obviously, stepping away now uh, from, from the microphone. And we have – hold on. Wait, wait, wait. I'm being told – 
It's a blast from the past. Hold on. <laughs> you, you've heard his voice before. You all know him. It's Armando, who actually had the guts to wear a Rams paraphernalia. Oh, I'm, out, so, out I'm, I'm sorry. Is it not the defending Super Bowl champion? 0-1. Oh, They're the worst team in the league right now. And, he's there, <laughs> and Tommy, he's also rolling with the Flav of Flav. Uh, LA Rams chain oh, around his neck. All this, all this is for Tommy because uh, – Who is it? The, uh, is the, uh, the uh, Anaheim Angels? The uh, – the Los yeah. Angeles Angels too. They wear when they yes. hit, when they hit when they hit dingers. It's, it it's is kind of a look to it too as well. He actually looks like the Detroit Lions fan because they're all wearing LA gear right now. <laughs> oh yes, they are. But it is Armando. Get me started on the Lions, right? <laughs> <laughs> Tommy, good to see you, bro. Very good to see you, Armando. So I know we're we're kind of joking around, and we don't want to look back. We want to get into the the games that are going on. Um, but look, you know, tell me your honest assessment of the team. I honestly, I I'm making fun of Stafford. Because of the arm, I'm not overly concerned about that. Long term, you know, over the course of the season, sure. I did have concerns just because it is a Super Bowl team and they take a step back. And they have literally no running game. They just have no running game no, right no, now. I, 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 I'm concerned about them this year. I still think they win the division, Armando. But I, I have my concerns. I don't, actually. Really? Uh, no, I don't. Uh, but I will be pleasantly surprised if they do. So, But, no, I'm a little concerned because... Their running game is non-existent. I mean, really. I mean, Henderson can do, can break up something. Cam Akers is made out of twigs. Ain't nothing there. You know, he's not going anywhere. I, as much as I'd love for him to to start producing, but I just don't see it. And uh, Cooper Cup has no one to. He may not spot need him. somebody. <laughs> he may, but still, I mean, he, he's going to get beat up all year. I mean, he's going by the time by the eighth week, he's he's going to be banged up. Now, you know, if uh, Odell Beckham decides to come back, which, you know, who knows? I can't see that happening. But, I, again, I don't know. That was going to be one of my questions to you yeah, yeah, no. to everybody here. Is, is is Odell really matter? I mean, does he? You know, okay, now let's, let's be honest. I mean, I don't know what happened that when he left Cleveland, he decided to wake up or something. I don't know. I, I, I couldn't tell you. I mean, and he was on his way to be the MVP of the Super Bowl until he got hurt. <laughs> You know, so uh, and stats don't lie. The season didn't. I mean, Cooper Cup benefited with OBJ being on the other side. Yeah, I, I mean, look, I, I look at at the Rams, and they're just they're more talent than that. What do you guys think? I mean, OBJ. Not only that team. I've heard him going to a couple of different teams. You know, and and you hear his name being bandied about as if. To me, he's a difference maker, and he's not a difference maker. You know, he's, he's just that guy that, that, I'm sorry, he's just not a difference maker. Week one, he doesn't have a job. Do, do people really want him? Right. <laughs> so, so you know, I mean. It's more it, of a need at this does, point. Does he matter at all? Is he the reason why the Rams didn't look good? Or is Buffalo maybe just that good, guys? You know, I, I honestly, OBJ at one time, we all know how good this guy was. As good of hands as, anyone, he went on a boat trip. as anyone that's ever played the game <laughs> of football when it comes to just pure talent at the receiver position, he was as good as he gets. But that's the key word, was. I think I think he is his own worst enemy. He always has been. Like, like Explain the anomaly other, last, other, last season, the last eight, no, nine games. He so. had, he, you know, it's not that he doesn't have it in him. It's not like he's 40 years old yet. But I just think mentally OBJ is, is – 
is, is his own worst enemy again. I don't think he can get out of his own way. And I think, again, I don't think he'll ever be the receiver that he was. I don't think he'll be close to it. Can he be a difference maker? I think at times I think he could have a great game. I think he has that kind of skill set. But for the course of a season, he'll never play consistently over a 16, 17-game season. He just won't do it mentally. He'll implode at some point during the season because that's who he is. And that's what you bring to your team. He had a little bit of an epiphany last year and came to L.A. and saw an opportunity and won a Super Bowl, which I think probably did him more harm than good. <laughs> I think it's a matter of uh, just kind of judging if he's uh, how big a factor he can be, right? That's a big question is can he be a needle mover type of guy at this point in his career? And I look, I mean, I think, I think in the right situation, he could be somebody that could contribute. Absolutely. Uh, is he a guy that's going to be, when, you know, when, when his head's right and he goes to any team, is he a guy that's a top 10 or 15 receiver in the NFL? Right. Absolutely not. That's not what he is anymore. But I think he is somebody that could absolutely contribute. But to Tommy's question as far as, you know, his imp- were, the, were, the, were the Rams affected by him not being on the Rams? Not necessarily. It was To me, it wasn't necessarily an indictment of the Rams on Thursday night. I thought it was just impressive what Buffalo was able to do. From, a, from an offensive versatility standpoint, I mean, it's a team that is going to be explosive across the board. Josh Allen, absolutely an MVP candidate, and rightfully so. They have a lot of weapons there, despite the fact that Josh Allen had a couple of mistakes in that game. He threw a couple of picks, and, and uh, they were able, they'll still have to score 31 points against the defending Super Bowl champions. Now, and one thing I wanted to ask Armando, look, look we, talked about the, we talked about the offense, right? And about Cam Akers and about uh, Stafford and those guys. What did you think about the defense? What did you think about what they did? I mean, there was, uh, there, was there's reasons, there were some points defensively where you can, you can be optimistic if you're a Rams fan. Yeah, the guy's wearing a Buffalo Bill jersey now. Okay. That's what yeah. you had to be excited about. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. come on now. Let's yeah. be honest. Well, Armando, Von, let's, let, let's get into the game tomorrow, yeah. right? Because like, okay. yeah. you, you just saw them playing the Bengals, right? Uh-huh. Uh, so we'll go into Bengals-Pittsburgh. Uh, to me, and I say it jokingly, and I, I, I kind of not really jokingly, is that Chris loves them, and, you know, yeah. I, I don't. Um, I, I don't want to call them a fluke, but they're kind of fluky, right? Look, this is a team that got there, and if you told me 365 days ago that they'd get there, we, you guys would laugh me off the table, right? Uh, they have a weak offensive line, an obvious need area for them. They were a team for the first 10 or 12 games that ran the ball, ran the ball, ran the ball, ran the ball, and then just switched it up and started to throw it. So there, I'm going to say that they have an identity crisis on that side of the ball. On the other side of the ball, Trey Hendrickson is banged up. They had holdouts from both of their safeties. Bates missed a lot of camp. You got a lot. Logan Wilson missed some time. Then you got Pittsburgh Steelers. The entire world is down on Pittsburgh. Uh, okay, once again, everyone's down on them. I've mentioned this before. I had last year, I had Ryan Shazier on, on with me. I had LeVon Kirkland, ex-Steeler, uh, with me. I had Josh Taylor from CBS Pittsburgh on with me. My biggest bet that I made last year was the Pittsburgh over. Mm-hmm. And every single one of them, I told them, guys, this is the number Vegas set. Every one of them, I got a chuckle out of. What? Of course Tomlin's going to go over 500. Uh, are you kidding me? This year, it's even lower. It's seven and a half this year. Everyone's down on Pittsburgh. Why? You still have a very good coach. You still have a top five defense with the best defensive player in the league. Yes, he's better than Aaron Donald. Uh, uh, number one. Uh, he's, uh, <laughs> it's water. It's water. Uh, but you have, you have good secondary play. You have Harris, who's a really good running back. He's the only player in football last year to get 70% of the carries. So I don't care that they're going to have to rely upon him. There's talent at receivers. There's talent at tight end. The offensive line is weak. Now they have a running quarterback. And that's why Pickett's not starting. Pickett should be starting. Trubinsky can get out of the pocket. Trubinsky knows how to play with bad offensive lines. He did it in Chicago. I like him plus seven tomorrow, guys. I like the team total over for Pittsburgh. I'm down on Cincinnati. I think it's an ugly game. I think that uh, you want to sack 
number, here you go. Watt's going to get to him. This Pittsburgh defense is probably going to sack him three or four times. I think Trubinsky goes down two or three times as well. And it's over four, four and a half, depending on where you want to pay for that. I, look, I'm all over this game. Hey, tell me, am I wrong about the Bengals here, Armando? I, I feel you are, actually. I mean, I, I'm Burrow to chase. I like it all day. Against it, I mean, you, you, Fitzpatrick's it, good. He's gonna oh, be liking. Okay, you know, well, I, I feel you. But I mean, again, uh, Boyd might be the guy to have a good, decent game tomorrow. Well, why not? I yeah. mean, but again, we, I mean, it's hard to tell, of course. But I'm, I'm thinking they'll be fine. I mean, they, they've had a taste of it now. They know what it takes. To, you know, they know what it's like to get there now. So now it's time to take that next step. The problem is, can they? That's the issue. And as far as Pittsburgh goes. They're not going to be able to figure out anything for the first part of the season. Let them – Trubisky, come on now. Let's be real. I know he's, you know, he played for your Bears and – He's mobile. He, he's, he's, mobile. He's, he's a mobile quarterback that they don't mind getting crushed behind that <laughs> offensive line. I mean, that's, that's <laughs> really on. what it is. Come yeah. on. You know, and then as far as picking, let that guy learn. Let, I mean, why be in a hurry? Yeah. You know? I mean, Chris, no, what you're let me Bengals. wax poetic, gentlemen, hey, about the Cincinnati Bengals. Bengals a little bit here, okay? I'm okay. going to chime in. Do you have a because, Super Bowl future? Oh, no. Put some respect <laughs> on Joe Burrow's name. This guy threw for, what, over 4,600 yards last year, bypassing Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton was the career leader, by the way, for Cincinnati Bengals. And he hasn't been in camp in oh, three weeks. Also, by the way, the guy was on his back all last year, remember, guys? <laughs> I mean, he was sacked more than any NFL quarterback last year. You know, the Bengals made they made an attempt. They, look, they, fi- they, they didn't completely fix their offensive line, but they did bring in guys that's going to improve their offensive line. We talked Talk about offensively what they have. We like Joe Mixon as far as you know what, what he brings to the table as a player. Not, I'm not a fan of, uh, of what he is as a person, but the point being is that you know it's not just about Jamar Chase. They have other guys in that receiving core also. Look, I, I understand you know when you go to a Super Bowl for the first time in 33 years, you know th- there's a possibility. I guess you could have a drop off, but uh, this idea that the Bengals are going to take some huge step back, I think is is, is kind of wild to me. They don't make and, the playoffs. And, they don't make yeah, the playoffs. So that, that's that's I would I think that's safe to say that's a huge drop off, right, guys? If you're saying they're not going to make the playoffs after they went to the Super Bowl, that's uh, – I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I, would respect, I would respectfully disagree a little bit but for as game far as one, the demise Chris, yes. of the Cincinnati But Bengals. for game one, does it not worry you if you're taking Cincinnati that Burrow – I know it's not a big injury or anything, but he hasn't been in camp in three weeks. Right. He hasn't been able to throw a ball, right? He hasn't been with the guys. Then you could say, oh, he could just hit the ground running. I, I, I don't know. And you go, it's not like you're going up against – a mediocre defense. They are going to come after Joe Burrow. He is. I want my quarterback to play. <laughs> you know, be, before I go betting on him. Am I wrong here? You know, the thing is, is you know, yes, Tommy, I think you're wrong. And the reason being is Joe Burrow. You know, you've got to remember a season removed from a season-ending knee injury to a very young player that could have messed him up mentally. You know, when you get hurt like he did so early in your career, after being so so touted to have such a great senior season in college, now you start to play with you mentally. This guy overcame that, as Chris just mentioned, was on his back so much last year, sacked as much as anybody in the league, and still led this team to the Super Bowl. I want to say that his cojones are the size of cannonballs for him to be able to play in this league at that level after that knee injury. And to talk about the skill positions of this team, I don't know how we're talking about them so lightly. This is the best receiving trio in the league with Boyd T. Higgins and Jamar Chase, who's going to be maybe the best receiver in the game this year. The tight end is decent. They, whoa, here's whoa, the thing. whoa, whoa. Now you're getting out no, of control no, no, there. No, it's okay. No, here, yeah, it's, it's, clear, it's clearly Justin Jefferson. Okay, yeah, but here's the thing. <laughs> the bottom line is this. Justin Jefferson. Listen, I, I was waiting for the reaction. Here, okay. here, here's the thing. 
you know, let's not put weight on that. That's ridiculous. Putting weight on <laughs> no, no, no. with that kind of with that kind of talent. The point is, they sacrificed offensive line a year ago when they draft, drafted Jamar Chase to get these skill positions for Joe Burrow. They sure shorted up yeah. a little bit this year. The defense, yes, they are questionable defensively, Tommy, and that would be my big concern for Week One. Of course, I'd worry about Pittsburgh. It's a divisional rival, and you've got one of the best edge rushers in the game coming against a quarterback with a suspect offensive line. But to think Cincinnati isn't going to be competitive all season again, the only way that happens is if Joe Burrow goes down. If this guy stays healthy, he's already proved he can take a hit, he can get sacked 100 times, and still lead a team to the Super Bowl. This Cincinnati team is going to be dangerous every single week as long as those skill positions remain in place and remain healthy, and I believe that. Do you, believe, do you have him winning the division? <sighs> yeah. I think Baltimore, Chris, Baltimore, Baltimore, Baltimore. No, I think or, the Ravens win the division. Yeah, okay. I, I think Baltimore is right there. But, but, but I think the Bengals make the playoffs. Yes. You guys are saying they're not making the playoffs at all. I'm just like, you know. I don't know that they I'm don't. I'm a little bit taken aback by I that. I think they win yeah. nine games. And I don't yeah. know I don't know nine gets you in. And, and look, I get you it. Know? I don't know. It, there's a real possibility that every team in the AFC West could yeah, make the playoffs. Yeah, So I, I kind of can get on board a little bit with what you're saying. But I don't know, guys. I just can't. I just can't get I can't on board with the demise. Yeah, this ultra demise of the Cincinnati well, Joe Bengals. Joe Burrow, like I said, it, the team goes as far as Joe Burrow goes. He stays healthy all year. I cannot imagine this team not, not winning enough games to get to the playoffs. Stop. And from a Vegas number standpoint, right, Tommy? You look, Jake, look at this game. Uh, Bengals minus seven in this game. Yeah, and and uh, you've got to lay a fat 290 to win, to win a C-note on Cincinnati on the money line in this game. So Vegas, from a standpoint, it, look, is it, from uh, your, your perspective, look, you, you think the, the, the Steelers have a chance to win this football game. Absolutely. Vegas right now is, uh, you know, is, is not, not really on board with that. I mean, you're looking at uh, plus 245 for them for the Steelers' money line. Like division game, game, you always got a chance. I, I gave you guys yeah. that, that number, you know, yeah. divisional game, 61%. That's I'm what not, they're covering, I, you know, I, I, load I, I, up on them. Another, <laughs> here we go, another divisional game, mm-hmm. getting points, more than a touchdown in most places. I know it's come back down to seven, Indianapolis and Houston. And you look at Indian Houston, and I go, look, I can't believe that I like Houston. Well, I do. Do you really? I do. Really? Look, the Colts humiliated them last year. They scored 61-3, to I think, the combined two, two scores were. It was a disaster, okay? Here's my problem with the Colts, and everybody's backing up on the Colts. They lost their defensive coordinator, right? That has got to mean something. They lost their best defensive player. Shaquille Darius Leonard is not playing in this game. That has to mean something. Who's their second receiver? Moali Cox is going to be the guy because, yeah, they got one guy. And I think that uh, Matt Ryan comes in, and I think he's effective, and I like John, uh, uh, Jonathan Taylor, and I love Quentin Nelson who just signed a deal. You guys know how I feel about all these guys. I like what they're doing. I think with a Houston team that can take shots, Davis Mills did not look bad. Nico Collins is a good receiver coming up. Brevin Jordan is pretty good. They have talent on offense. Now, the defense is, is something different, but I think if you're firing away, by the way, I love Davis Mills. Uh, over one and a half touchdowns, plus 165 tomorrow. I, wow. I think, look, they're either going to get blown out and he's tossing it up, or they're going to be competitive and it's going to be done through the air. I like Houston tomorrow because it's a division game. I like Houston tomorrow because no one's looking at Houston. I like Houston tomorrow because of what they can do. I don't like them for the season. But in this game, I think the Colts could be caught off guard a little bit. What do you think, Chris? Guys, I was in another radio show this past week, and Davis Is there a radio show that you're not on? So you're right. You're exactly right. Is and there you know, a radio said, show that you're, you're they not said, on? Oh, my the, God. Uh, the commentator mentioned he thought Davis Mills was the third-best quarterback in this division ahead of Ryan Tannehill. He was, he's, that's, how, that's how highly he thought of Davis Mills. Ooh, I, I might put him second at this point. I can, see, I can see where I can see, I can see your thought process here, Tom. I can, I can probably agree with you that uh, there's absolutely uh, an opportunity here for, for the Houston Texans. But, guys, isn't it funny? As football fans, this is like the most nobody wants to talk 
about division in football, right? Is the is the AFC South <laughs> because everybody knows that the Colts are the clear clear and present favorite to win this division. And I, I would look for Indianapolis to try to you know kind of it's it's kind of a statement game. Yes, it's it's against a team that's been the lowly Houston Texans for uh, for the past recent seasons. But I, I, I think that Indianapolis wants to absolutely set the tone in the division against a, a division rival like this, and I think that uh, there's, there's a real chance that could, as you, as you point out, Tommy, it could be, end up being a blowout. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I can't see the Texans competing in this game. I really don't. I think the one thing the Texans do have, I think the rookie running back is something you should keep an eye on this year. This kid looked great in preseason. Pearson, I like him going forward. But other than that, I think Matty Ice fell into the perfect position because you get to a team that's got Jonathan Taylor, which is going to open up the passing game for him. Matty Ice could not perform on a team without a really good running back. Let's be real. This guy's done, in my opinion. But Indianapolis gets the luck of the draw because the AFC is as bad of a division, in my opinion, as there is in the NFL this year. So I, the AFC South. So I can definitely see Indianapolis winning the division, but I don't see him going anywhere. This game in particular, no, I think the Colts win this game, and I think they win it by two touchdowns. Armando, I got, got it. does Houston have any chance? I, no, <laughs> not whatsoever. And now tell me the quarterback's name again. Davis Mills. Mills. Davis Mills. Yes. Davis Mills. Who, who is that? Oh, you'll know him. <laughs> he's got a long neck. It's awesome. You know? yeah. It's not David Carr. Okay? It's not David Carr. Like, who? No. Come on now. It's, it's, and it's not Deshaun Watson either. I'm like, yeah. I mean, unless uh, so, unless uh, he becomes Patrick Mahomes, you know. But, no, that's not going to happen. He's that, They're not going to yeah. win. Armando, I'm going to do uh, what a, a famous coach uh, in this room had done this week, and, and it was on Hard Knocks, right? Yep. Uh, uh, I'm going to let – I'm just going to give it to my, my, my team but here. Let, let you guys okay, do the so practice. So, Tommy, what a right? transition so, right there because – So, here you go. You, you guys are running with this. Uh, you brought this up, my friend. Here we go, Mr. Feldman. <laughs> oh, my God. We have a matchup of two teams, one team that's been legitimately talked about as a contender when it comes to the NFC. That's the Philadelphia Eagles. Another, obviously, is another team because they've been on Hard Knocks here this – training camp and, uh, you know, leading into the season, the Detroit Lions, okay? Obviously, th- we are fans of this franchise. We have been for decades. You and I go back, as far as fans, back to the, you know, 1970s with this team, back when Gary Danielson and Billy Sims and Bubba, Al Bubba Baker and guys like that were playing here. The last time the Detroit Lions had a playoff win was 1991. Everybody in this room was much younger Mitchell. back then. Mitchell. When the last time Detroit had won a playoff game, 1991, against the Dallas Cowboys, I by go the way. back to Eric Kramer. Yes. I'm sorry, bro. Eric Kramer, that's right. <laughs> yeah. yep. So you look at this matchup, Tommy, Armando, and Brian. Here's the deal, all right? Uh, Philadelphia, a lot of expectations this year. They're expected to be probably one of the best teams in, in the NFC East, no question, and have a chance to win that division. And the reason for that, a big reason for that, is the quarterback position, Tommy, and what they can do offensively and the pieces that they have from an offensive standpoint what they're going to be able to do. This is, to me, I, look, I don't want to try to judge the Lions on one game, but I absolutely think that it's going, it could be tough sledding from a matchup standpoint for Detroit in this game, despite the fact that it is at home and it is the first game of the season going up against the likes of, uh, of that offense with Philadelphia and the Eagles. <laughs> what do you think, Brian? You, you know, I mean – this this is ridiculous. The Detroit, it really is. You know, the, this hard knocks. I'm listening to everyone that has watched this show yeah. and thinks that 
Dan Campbell is going to be the savior, and the Lions are going to be good. As you mentioned, Chris, you know, I, 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 you, I, re- I sound like a broken record because so many fans don't realize out there that the Detroit Lions are the worst professional franchise in the world, not just in, in football. Right. And people say, oh, well, what about the Browns? The Detroit Lions have won one playoff game in 60 years. Not a Super Bowl, a playoff game. One in 60 years. The Browns fans complain, and they've won. They've been to three AFC championship yeah. games. How can they complain? We don't know what it's like to be near a Super Bowl. So, I mean, it's unbelievable that you have this discussion. But as far as this game goes, Philadelphia really does have a legitimate football team this year, and they are going to be they are going to be a tough team. The Detroit Lions, you know, we have some good skill positions. Okay, St. Brown, th- this guy turned into a real a, a real good receiver last year. I think Swift is one of the most underrated Who's running throw backs it to in him? the league. Well, we're getting to that. <laughs> I, I think Swift is one of the most underrated running backs in the league, and if this kid yeah. could stay healthy, I think he has superstar talent written all over him. They got another good receiver in the draft this year, so they've really shorted their skill position, and Hawkinson, no worse than a top seven tight end in the National Football League. So you're looking at guys with real good skill positions. Their defense has gotten a little bit better. Acuna's back this year, and people were real excited when they drafted him in the first round a couple years ago. So there's things on the positive aspect. But again, I watched this coach make mistake after mistake last season that is not even talked about. And we see about hard knocks. And yeah, he's a rah-rah football guy. I want to know what his IQ is. Because when I listen to him talk, I don't know how he got through college. Let alone coaching an NFL football team. Now I'm being hard on him. But again, sit in our shoes for a minute, Chris. Like my dad said years ago, he said, if I would have known that you would be the demented Detroit Lions fan that you are, I would have given you the appropriate name. Brian, wait until next year, Feldman. I have been waiting until next year. I'm 60 years old, and I've been waiting until next year my entire damn life. And you know what, Chris? The worst part about it is we're going to keep waiting. And Armando brought it up, so let's go down this road. Jared Goff, right? He is our mm. quarterback, okay? Obviously, the guy's been to a Super Bowl. What is the he was not the reason that the, the Los Angeles Rams got to that Super Bowl, but he was on the team, okay? Very he much, wasn't the reason very they much lost, like though. Trent Dilfer was on the yeah. team for the, for the Baltimore Ravens back in 2000, okay? I get that. But, I, look, he, Chris, how do you live in what he is is he's a stopgap guy, right? Jared Goff is Rex a stopgap until we draft, uh, you know, the kid from Alabama next year or you get, we, get, we get a quarterback that uh, we think is the next franchise guy in Detroit. He is a stopgap guy. So you can't get all amped up as a Lions fan. I'm not going to get all amped up if, 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 with Jared Goff no, leading the way. No, he's not going to be there. And talking about Dan Campbell, the head coach, look, Everybody that's football fans and that are former football players like myself and others, look, you love the fact that he's a rah-rah guy. He's in your face. You know, he's that big personality. And that's what we love about Hard Knocks, him on Hard Knocks. But, but this is the NFL. It's all about winning football games. And if you go out there and, and they go out there this year, Tommy, and they go out there and they're 4-13. and 13. All right, or they're five and twelve. It's an improvement. You're, for gonna, you're, you're, you're giving not, them. A, you're, you're giving them that many wins. Well, you, but you, <laughs> it's I mean, an improvement. You know what I'm saying, though. You're not going to. You know, you're not going to <laughs> give him credibility. It's the coach Sanchez thing. Coach. You know? yeah, yeah, it's it's you're not going to sit back and say, "Oh yeah, this guy, this guy is the answer for the no, Detroit." No, I agree. And I, I, I want to say one more thing about yeah. him. And, okay. You know, I, I, I've beaten this subject into the, I, this horse has been beaten into the Elmer Glue factory already. But we'll do it one more time because it's against Timmy's team last year, the game that I went to, and I was down at the Ravens game in Detroit at Ford Field, and at the end of the game, we videotaped. You guys all saw it on my Facebook page. I'm watching the game. They sack Lamar Jackson. It's 4th and 26 from their own 14-yard line with under 30 seconds to go in the game. Baltimore has no more timeouts. The offensive line, Lamar Jackson's 
stumbling back to the the offensive linemen have their hands on their knees, and I see Dan Campbell call a timeout, and I'm like, what are you? It's fourth and twenty six with under thirty seconds to go. If you you should Bishop Gorman could stop them yeah. right now for fourth and twenty six, but call it. And Lamar Jackson in the post game press conference said two things won that game. Number one, obviously Justin Tucker's sixty six yard record breaking field goal, and number two, the timeout the Detroit Lions called on fourth and twenty six. He said it gave us new life. We all caught our collective breath, and he said, and they gave the coaches. One of the assistant coaches came running down and said, no, no, we got to change the play. This is the defense the Lions will run. They ran the exact defense he said and they got they got they got a 30-yard pass play and ended up winning the game. <laughs> that is Dan Campbell in a nutshell. Yeah. All right guys. So what do you think Tommy? What do you think about this game tomorrow? I I, I don't like it. I think he Philly does it. I think I think Philly yeah he I, doesn't think about it. Yeah, I think Philly's defense is, is tough and I think Philly's gonna be a lot better but I, I could see Detroit hanging in there. They just seem to hang in there. Well we're gonna well, let's take a quick timeout. We'll, we'll come on back we're gonna talk about the late games here. Uh, everybody take take five minutes you guys do up downs Right? That's, that's what you do now, right? We'll do up-downs during the break. Right here at, from Heat Wave Sports from Cabo Wabo. We'll be back right after this. <laughs> yeah, we're back, Heat Wave Sports. Saturday night here in Las Vegas from the Las Vegas Strip. We are actually in an area called The Loft. It's the third floor of Cabo Wabo Cantina, Miracle Mile Shops. Chris, the loft, 3,200 square feet of private event space, stunning views, obviously. Looking right out the window right now, you can see Las Vegas Boulevard just jam-packed here on a weekend. Yep. HD TVs, they got a projector screen. I believe this will be open on um, NFL Sundays. So if you're looking for a place to watch the games, I mean, this is a pretty nice setup. Private bar, TVs everywhere. and uh, Great food. Yeah, man. This and as you mentioned, guy, and as Tim mentioned, right? What what a perch up here, and what a view yeah. of uh, you know a Saturday night in Las Vegas on the Strip, and uh, oh, it's great. You know, it's great to get Tommy back here after years. After years, he's been here in Vegas. Oh, years. We get Tommy Barton back in the house, Tim, and uh, it's on the eve of uh, the first NFL Sunday of the season. Well, let's swing back into these games. We got about got about a half hour. We can do this. I'm yeah. sure we can do this and get through them. So, next up. Let's talk about – we were just talking about divisional rivalries. Oh. And how about this game? It involves the hometown Las Vegas Raiders. They had to well, – I almost said it again. Well, I still call it San Diego. They had to L.A. to take on the Chargers. Last thing remembered here if you're a Charger fan, Allegiant Stadium, mm-hmm. back-and-forth game on a Sunday night, mm-hmm. and the Raiders knocked the Chargers out of playoff contention, Chris. Absolutely. And uh, it is a division rivalry, and it's heated. It goes back – look – the Raiders have history with every team in this division from the Chiefs on down across the board. So that's going to be intriguing to say the least. Guys, I'm interested in what the fan breakdown is going to be there at SoFi Stadium tomorrow because we understand, you know, the dynamic that is Los Angeles. And there's, you know, and when you talk about NFL franchises, there's probably more. Armando, there probably is. There's probably more Raider fans in L.A. than there is even L.A. Rams fans and definitely more than Charger fans. So I'll be interested to see the breakdown as far as, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the, uh, the fan support, I should say, at SoFi tomorrow in this matchup, my friend. There's even, there's even less Charger fans in L.A. than there is the Rams fans, number right. one. Number two. The Rams are defending Super Bowl champions. Get it over. Get over. Get over it. All right. That's all. That's, that's what it is. So there's people that kind of join now just because they won. Yeah. All right. So, and then 
Real quick. This Raider town yeah. is not just a Raider town. Las Vegas, I'm speaking. Mm -hmm. It's also a Cowboys town. I can hardly wait when the Cowboys come to play the Raiders at Allegiant Stadium. So, I mean, yeah. where, you know, maybe it isn't where you hang out at or the radio, every radio station that you do a show at. Exactly. But this place <laughs> is a Cowboy Raider fan. Yeah. The state or city. Tom, three and a half. Anybody 52. else? Three and a half, 52. Yeah, look, I know how much you like San Diego. Yeah. And that's what we call them. <laughs> that was what we called them. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He hates everything that goes against the Vegas. <laughs> Vegas. Um, but, but, you know, look, I, I know you like them. I mean, he, he, Tim likes him, Herbert to win the MVP. Mm -hmm. I can't argue that at all. I can't, I can't go to you. You like him to win the division? I can't argue that. You like him to win the Super Bowl? Listen, I, I see your point, you know, but this game scares me. This game does scare me because of a little bit of the emotions that you guys were talking about. Um, it scares me a little bit because there are new moving parts for both of these teams. I think that the pass rush can get Herbert rattled a little bit. We saw that last year. He could take a hit, don't get me wrong, but he gets the check down. And he gets the, it goes into the, the Eckler mode. Eckler's great with the ball in his hand. If you could know what's coming to him, they need that pounding back. And right now they didn't find him in camp. They even went out and signed Sony Michelle. I think they win, okay? And I like their defense. they got the best safety in the league. I like Khalil Mack. You know, I think they win the game. I'm just hesitant to lay the points here. Everyone's going on the over. Everybody that I know is going on the over. If you want to go contrary, you know, go the other way, right? Take a little under action and hope that Bosa and company have a good game and Jones and company could get to him and Max Crosby could get to, to Herbert. So many aspects, right, Brian, to look at from a Raiders standpoint here. Brand new head coach in Josh McDaniels getting his second chance, guys, as a head coach in this league. Obviously, in Denver, didn't go so well. But uh, besides him, you also have, uh, you know, they they have a turnover as far as personnel, without question. And they have guys who have one more year under their belt, right? Hunter Renfro, one more year under his belt. Darren Waller, you know, a guy that is, you know, one of the premier tight ends in football. So there's a lot of anticipation, right, Brian, when it comes to this uh, Raiders team this know, year. And we're looking forward to to uh, uh, a lot of, uh, you know, uh, stages of the game that uh, this team's going to impress on. And it's not just because the Raiders are here in Las Vegas that I say this. I am probably more excited about seeing this actual full team take the field than any other team in the mm -hmm. league this year with their skill set of positions right now. It's going to be very interesting. I mean, they're stacked at running back. You look at wide out position, top three wide receivers receiver in Devontae Adams, no question about it. Slot receiver, are you going to tell me Hunter Renfro is not a top five mm -hmm. slot receiver in the NFL? He just made the Pro Bowl last year. Darren Waller, top five tight end. You want to talk about skill positions, they have surrounded Derek Carr with as good of skill positions as you're going to get on one team in the National Football League. Now the offensive line is su suspect. Obviously we saw him release Alex Leatherwood. We knew that was going to happen. Last year, the number one draft pick, a lot of people were questioning that, even though it was in the mid-teens, and he just never has panned out, or two years ago, I should say. He has not he has not panned out to be the guy they thought he would. Defensively, how excited are you to see this pass rush on the Las Vegas Faders, these bookends that they have now? Now now they have Max Crosby. Not that You can't double him anymore because you've got to worry about both sides of, of that linebacker. Denzel Perryman came into his own last year. What a move from Carolina. I was a little suspect. Like, God, they're really hyping this guy. He was okay in Carolina. He comes here and turns himself into a pro bowler. Now you've got a, a good run stopper in the middle. The secondary is a question mark. You're talking 
talking about Hobbs, a young guy, being your leader back there. That's kind of scary. And Abrams, as much as I liked him out of college, he has never materialized into this great defensive back. And this is his year. He either turns out to be a good safety this year, they're going to dump on him too. But I really am excited to see what who is this Raiders team going to be. And Tommy, the big question I have is, why are the odds so stacked against them when you look at odds to win the Super Bowl? They are the least favorite team. They're plus 1,400 to win the Super Bowl, where you've got the Denver ahead of them. I understand the advent of Russell Wilson and, and what he brings to Denver. I understand that they've got pretty good, skilled wide receivers and, and okay running a running game, but I, I don't think Russell Wilson is enough to put them ahead of the Raiders. And Why does the odds makers have the Raiders as last? I know the AFC West, best division in football, but that, that, it, that baffles me. It is. It's also because almost all of the points that you brought up have a counterpoint. I'm not going to argue that, that you didn't bring up good points. It's just Devontae Adams is without Aaron Rodgers. Okay, so as good as he is, we don't know, right? Darren Waller banged up all camp. All right, as good as he is, he had, he had a down year. Uh, you know, you said running backs, they're stacked. None of them are starters, right, as far as the, the, the general perception is. You bring in Chandler Jones and Crosby, they still have a weak middle of the defensive line. Yeah. They have offensive line problems. The head coach has proven to be a washout multiple times. We don't know about him. And then you look at a team like, like Denver, and you just talked about skill position players. Denver has better skill position players almost across the board, you know, than, than the Raiders, and they have the defense. So I look at it and I go, I can't make bad, bad arguments here. I'm not going to sit back and go, you're totally wrong, Brian. I'm giving you from their perspective, from the other people's perspective. And the outsider's perspective is I could shoot a hole in almost every one of those guys, even Derek Carr, who people still don't believe in for some reason. Tim, Tommy brought up the Raiders as far as the running back position. What do you think about the Chargers? Obviously, you got to have Christian McCaffrey, right, if you're the Panthers. you got to have Derrick Henry if you're the Tennessee Titans. Let me tell you something. you got to have their guy, Austin Eckler, right, the Chargers, if they're going to be successful this year. Oh, no doubt. You had a lot of what he said for, for, for fantasy. Did you hear that? Yeah, yeah. I, I, that I love out. that. I love that. I mean, he's a dangerous backfield uh, weapon, mm-hmm. running the ball, catching the ball. I like Josh Kelly a lot as a backup, but, who, you know, you don't want to have to think about, well, who's the backup there, right? Mm-hmm. So starts and goes with the offense, but they have so many weapons. So I think the total – if you you know you said the contrarian side of it, I don't think anybody's betting that side of it. They're all going over on that one. So. I would think so. Are, too. are you on the Chargers tomorrow? No, I'm okay. not. I like the over, though, too, and I, and I think, you know, with Austin Eckler, it's a great point, Chris. They need big production out of him mm-hmm. to open up the game for Herbert, but a guy like Keenan Allen, I mean, his, his skill set is off the chart. Another one of those guys that, you know, with the ability of Herbert, he has a good season. He could end up the best wide receiver in football this year. I've been saying that for two years, though, but he has that kind of skill set. Let's stay with divisional rivalries. Green Bay at Minnesota. This one's uh, 47 on the total, but the, but the game went to a pick 'em now, Tom. I know it's uh, what's Rogers' cast of characters going to be like this year. Yeah, and uh, they're talking. A couple of them are already injured. A couple of the wide receivers. Look, this team is developing into a team that plays a completely different style than Aaron Rodgers is used to. They want to be a defensive team. They want to run the ball, and they run the ball effectively. You guys know I loved A.J. Dillon when he was in Boston College. Loved this guy. He had to go to the damn Packers. He'd be like my favorite player for outside of the Bears if he was on any team but that. Aaron Jones has still got it. He's got weapons. Let's stop saying that. You know, he's got weapons. Does he have the weapons that he used to have? No. What we know about them is that this guy wins regular season football games. And I'm saying it like that as a compliment and as a knock. We know how Aaron Rodgers' season's going to go. They're going to win 11, 12, 13 games. They're probably going to win that division. They'll win a nice, impressive playoff game. Oh, he looks great. 
And then he's going to shoot himself in the foot and, and get outplayed by Jimmy Garoppolo, right? I mean, it's just the way that it is. This is Aaron Rodgers' life. So you look at a game like this. I want to take Minnesota. I like Minnesota. I like all, all of Minnesota's skilled position players. I think are fantastic. I think Jefferson really, truly might be mm-hmm. have a Cooper Cup type of year, you know? Um, I like Dalvin Cook. I love Daniel Hunter coming back in the middle. is is huge. They don't have enough to stop the running game tomorrow. If the Packers decide tomorrow that we are a team, and this is a team game, and they run the ball, which is they've had massive success last year doing against Minnesota. They win this game going away. But Aaron Rodgers is there, and Aaron Rodgers might be on mushrooms tomorrow, whatever he's doing, but he might come in and say, I want to throw the ball. If that goes down that path, the Packers could lose this game, and you don't know what the coach is going to pick, pick to kind of go with. How do you say no to Aaron Rodgers? You know, that's kind of the problem. And, Brian, every handful of years, right, there seems to be a Minnesota team that could be a threat to win the Super Bowl, right? 1998, many people thought they were the best team in football that year. Didn't win the Super Bowl. Obviously, a few years ago, they had the miracle against the Saints and were in the playoffs. A lot of people thought that team had a chance to win the Super Bowl. This is another one of those years, Brian, and there happens to be a guy at the helm that is one of the more chat talked about and kind of polarizing quarterbacks in the league in Kirk Cousins. We know him, obviously, because he's a Michigan State guy. But your thoughts regarding this Minnesota team, what their potential is, and what they could do here in the 2022-23 season. You know, another team, I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid. I don't like Minnesota this year. I don't like Kirk Cousins. I've never been a big fan. Yeah, I graduated from Michigan State, so it's almost sacrilegious to say that, but I've never been a big Kirk Cousins fan. Um, You know, he was the recipient of some great beneficial luck with RG3 growing down his rookie year, and he took over the helm in Washington, and he's made a career out of it, and I'm happy for him, but I think he's been an overrated quarterback his career. I think he may be the most overpaid sports figure in the country, in my opinion. I just think that Kurt Cousins is not that great. But... They've got some tremendous skilled position players on that team. If mm-hmm. Delvin Cook can stay healthy for a, a full season, he's as good as anybody in the league at running back. Justin Jefferson, we've seen what he's morphed into now as far as a, you know, as far as a wide receiver goes. Thielen's pretty damn good as well. Uh, so this is a game the Vikings, to me, should win this game. It's, it's mm-hmm. set for them to win this game. But Aaron Rodgers is a wild card. And, Tommy, I don't think it's a bad thing if he's on mushrooms. That may put him over <laughs> the top. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, as we all know, as Tommy said, as good at winning regular season football games as anybody maybe in the history of the National Football League. This guy wins in the regular season. He finds a way. He's got an ego as big as the NFL itself, but he finds a way to win. Um, I think the Packers win this game tomorrow. I don't really have a real good reason as to why. I just think they win this game. Because you've seen it for 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> You know, I mean, that's, that's it's just reality, right? I mean, you've seen it for 10 years. So we got we got two games left. All right, Let's burn through them so we can give our picks for yeah. week one. This one's going to be a fun one. KC at Arizona. Chris, you start us out here. How about the points of plenty for this uh, matchup tomorrow afternoon? Arizona is a franchise that's caught a lot of criticism, guys, right here in this offseason and in the training camp because of uh, – uh, something's going on there, and because of uh, uh, did you do your studying potential? I did, I did. <laughs> but this is a Kansas City Chiefs oh team, obviously. Oh that that uh, that a lot of people are kind of down on, right? I mean, a lot a lot of people out there think that the Chiefs are not, you know, anywhere near the level that they've been for the last handful of seasons in the league and, and in the AFC. 
Uh, but uh, from an offensive standpoint, I think this game's going to be fun to watch. I, look, we understand Tyreek Hill no longer is in Kansas City, but I like Juju Smith-Schuster there. I like McCall Hardiman, who is, is a guy that I think is, is kind of you know uh, underappreciated, I guess is the word I'll use, for him at the wide receiver position for Kansas City. Obviously, that Travis Kelsey. And, and, and Clyde Edwards-Alaire is, is a guy that is pretty versatile and I think is going to be able to uh, pick up a bigger load this season for Kansas City. So I take a look at this matchup between these two teams. I don't think the focus is going to be de- defensive. I think it's going to be one of those kind of, you know, 33-27 type of football games. And I think and uh, I'm going to be going to the window and uh, laying some ducats on Kansas City in this tilt. Yeah, I, I told Tim, over two and a half touchdowns plus money from Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. I love it. I think Patrick Mahomes is a guy, and I've mentioned this before, he's a guy that has a quiet chip on his shoulder. He's got the Brady chip on his shoulder, mm-hmm. you know. We see him take, put the notes taken down when, when he wasn't voted number one in the top 100 you know, on NFL. Uh, I think he comes out and proves to everybody that Tyreek Hill and the loss of him was well over-exaggerated. Who cares about Tyreek Hill? And I've, I've talked to coaches, I've talked to players, and they're like, he's a wide receiver. It is the most expendable position in, in football, uh, which is the same reason when the Raiders got Devontae Adams. I was like, okay, calm down, guys. You know, it's, it's a wide receiver. Great pickup, wide receiver. Patrick Mahomes will be fine. Patrick Mahomes will be fine if they can find a running game, and I think that the, the lack of that is a problem. But for stats-wise, tomorrow-wise, I think he lights up this Arizona team. You can't sit back and tell me how great Chandler Jones is and then take him away from a team and then go, ah, they're going to be perfectly fine. I don't believe in Kingsbury. I never have. I don't believe in Murray. I never have. I don't like that, that they were banged up. I don't like the defense. I don't like losing Jones. I think Patrick Mahomes lights this team up tomorrow, but going back to where Chris said the other team might score 32. You know, so uh, if you want something, how about team total over 28 and a half for Kansas City? It's a high number. I was waiting for that to get back to down to 28. If it gets there, I'll be nailing that one. I think Mahomes lights it up tomorrow. And Tim, Tommy, and I just talked about you know receivers leaving Kansas City. What do you think about Arizona? Like obviously Christian Kirk now in Jacksonville Hopkins with the Jaguars. You know, they're, they're, they're not. That's not the same team offensively, right, Tim? That uh, they were a year ago Your boy, in Arizona. Hollywood Brown. Yeah, yeah, Brown's there. Um, mm-hmm. He has the Murray connection somehow, but we'll see. We'll see what it is. I, I like Tommy's – of course, I like whatever Tommy says, but <laughs> the, the analysis is correct. I think KC's kind of um, – they got a rocket up, yeah. up there. Uh, you know what, Brian? And, and yeah, that you know line's what? been li- going up, Brian. That line's no, – he could have gotten it a three and a half. I, I got to tell you, Tommy, I, I hear what you're saying, and, and there's no question. Patrick Mahomes is one of the greatest students of the game that I've ever seen. He just he, – he is a – a quick study. He has so many different ways to deliver a football. He's so fun to watch. But to say that Tariq Hill is, is a wide receiver to me is a grave understatement. He is a a, a, a football player, and he, he can run the football. Granted, he's small. He is maybe he's not maybe he is one of the fastest players in the league. He can he he you get him in space, he's almost impossible to catch. If you need a guy a, a big return, you can throw him in the return game, and he can light you up that way. He is far more than just a wide receiver, and I think we'll see that in Miami to help a guy, too, that I'm not sold on at all, but I think having the skill set of receivers when you've got two of the fastest in the game in Waddle and Hill, it's going to be huge for them, and I think it is a very big loss for Kansas City, much greater than I think people are saying, in my opinion, but I don't think tomorrow is going to be indicative of that because I do think Kansas City is able to beat Arizona. They, They are severely weakened defensively. The only thing is Kyler Murray 
He is a great beginning of the season quarterback. <laughs> He's small. He gets beaten up, and by midseason, he can't perform anymore. But this is the beginning of the season. And at the beginning of the season, Kyler Murray plays very well. We've seen that through his, throughout his short career. So he could score. They could score 30 or 35 points without Kirk. I know they've, they've lost, and, you know, Hopkins and stuff, without him, it, it hurts them. But, again, Kyler Murray at the beginning of the season, you have to watch out for him. But Kansas City, too much. And Patrick Mahomes, again, I think he does have something to prove. People are kind of not looking at Kansas City the way they have the last couple of years. And that really baffles me because most of them are still there. And Clyde Edwards, their last mm-hmm. point, Chris, he, there's no question when he plays well. He was one of the greatest surprises in the NFL a couple of years ago. But this guy is small, and he just cannot stay healthy. But at least Kansas City has gotten some depth now at the running back position. All right, let's burn through the last one, and then we'll give our picks for the week. Sunday night, Dallas, Tampa. We'll start with you, Chris. Is there any team in the NFL, guys, that just gets more hype and get more talked about and it's just so unjustified than the Dallas Cowboys? I mean, are you really kidding me? This is a franchise that hasn't had been relevant come playoff time since the mid-'90s. It's so ridiculous to me that, that, that they just get pumped up so much when it comes to them in, in, in the NFC and having a chance to win a Super Bowl. That being said, I don't think it necessarily applies to this given game, right, guys, against the Tampa Bay Bucks, Buccaneers having issues from the offensive of line standpoint, right? You, they're trying to get guys like Jeff Saturday and Larry Allen and, you know, uh, the Hogs out of retirement because they had so many injuries on the offensive line for Tampa Bay, right? So I, I would expect that the Cowboys are going to be handling their business. But, but Tommy, I mean, is, is there not a team that I think just gets way too much pub and way too much love rolling into a season? than the Dallas Cowboys do. Especially this year. Look, people talking yeah. like they didn't lose things. Look, they lost their number two receiver. They lost their mm-hmm. number three receiver. Their number two tomorrow is going to be Dalton Schultz, by the way, like is over 46 and a half <laughs> yards, right? I mean, that, that's what you're looking at. Tom Barton C- prop bet. Yeah. Yep. C.D. Lamb uh, is going to be a number one guy, and everyone's going, oh, he's going to explode. Wait a minute. He's never faced the number one cornerback. He's never mm-hmm. been the number one guy. We don't know. On the defensive side, I, I hear people going, they're the best defense in the league. Look, they're going to be good, okay? Uh, interceptions are fluky. That's why we have, have – we'll go through the history of the NFL. They're just fluky. You don't really have repeat guys leading a league in interceptions. They start throwing it away from guys like Diggs. Uh, Micah Parsons, good player. There's started to be a slowdown at the end of the year there when they started to double-team him and really take him out of the game. But I can't go on Tampa Bay tomorrow because they lost three offensive linemen. I'm an mm-hmm. offensive line guy. Yeah. You know that. They lost three <laughs> – offensive linemen. How can you tell me they're not going to take a step back? You know, it's nuts. If somebody wants to convince me about Tampa tomorrow, you're convincing me that it's going to be a 17-10 game. You know, because it's not going to be lit up. Tom Brady's not going out there and lighting the world on fire when he's got three offensive linemen hurt. I, I just can't do it. I can't go on Dallas, but I'm not going on Tampa, and I think yeah, the world is. What do you think, Brian? No, I, I, I agree with you, Tommy. It's, first of all, it's the home opener for the Dallas Cowboys. And, and, and Tampa, you cannot overstate having a weak offensive line with a 45-year-old quarterback, how dangerous that is, especially one that's hardly practiced this year. So I really like the Cowboys this. And to your point, Chris, yeah, it does get upsetting about Dallas and all the hype. But you know what? It says a lot about their fan base. It's one of the biggest and, and most important logos in the world in professional sports. It's right there with the New York Yankees and, uh, and what is it, uh, the, the, the Premier Soccer League teams. That's how big their, that logo is. And, uh, and Dallas has created that, and they've got a loyal fan base. You know, Armando talked about earlier as much as it's funny it is a town of las vegas raiders and dallas cowboy fans because dallas cowboy fans are very universal it makes me sick as a lions fan rules have been changed because of lions cowboy games but in the same respect again for this game tomorrow 
I like Dallas, and I'd probably like him by a couple touchdowns. Tim, you know what's going to happen, right? It's if Dallas wins this game tomorrow against Tampa Bay, a quality mm-hmm. opponent. You know what's going to be on the airwaves on Monday. They're going to be waxing poetic about everything Dallas Cowboys, right? Oh, yeah. Super Bowl yeah. champs, right? Yeah, absolutely. Where did all this hatred come from, Dallas? I mean, I know where I have because it. because I am now in my fifth decade, Armando. Okay, and there and, and it seems like every single season they're talking about Dallas being one of the premier teams in the NFC, and they have not been Has since I was a young tyke back in college. Okay, that I was still in college. This is the last time the Dallas Cowboys actually. I heard you say were, you were yes. fifty, right? Yes, I'm <laughs> over okay. fifty actually now. They've yeah. been the laughing stock of the NFL for the last twenty-two years. Who has the Cowboys? Well, no, no. There's a certain team with uh, Honolulu Blue and Silver no, that, no, that would that no. would take that moniker off you right there. Yeah, no question about it. No, yeah. They have the they have the worst owner. Jerry Jones is great. No, he's not. He's he's good. I for mean, the come sport. on. He actually. Well, that difference, being said, the difference is though. That Jerry, being said, that is my pick for the week. Is Dallas? The difference though, Jerry Jones <laughs> actually knows football, right, guys? I mean, the guy actually knows football. He has some credibility from that standpoint. There are a lot Where? of others that the, the guy actually. Every plays. draft he screws up. I, I understand that. Look, I'm not. Wait, wait a minute. You just got the hell of me. I'm just. I just got done. He knows football. I just got done blasting the Cowboys. What are you talking? You just gave him a. We are. We are fundamental. I'm going to be right. Tony. Soprano here. We are fundamentally in agreement get, on this, on this issue right now. Take, take, right. Let's yes. take that one off the air. We got four yeah, minutes. Yeah. So <laughs> picks, picks of the week. Marmondo likes the Cowboys. Chris, give me your best bet tomorrow. I'm taking the New England Patriots money line. That's my best bet of the day. Patriots money line. Feldman, bang. You know what? Just because I'm bitter, Philadelphia. Wow. <laughs> That's re- Hey, Tim. And Tommy, wow. that is textbook reverse psychology. That is, right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't get any better than that, right there. James, you win on you on us. Best bet. <laughs> James is our wonderful on-site engineer. Yeah, that one. <laughs> uh, say the Raiders. Say the, the Raiders. Raiders. Say the Raiders. Say the Raiders. Say the Raiders. <laughs> you're gonna do that? Pull the home card. Oh, Raiders. Please. Tom. So I can't give props, right? And I can't, yeah, that's not fair. And, and I can't give a minus three ten favorite the Ravens, right? Which I kind of gave away on the air. No, I'm going Pittsburgh. You know, give me give me the seven. I'll go Steelers. Um, I would have liked it over the seven, but it's basically that's where it's at right now. Give me Pittsburgh. No, no I'm not doing any Chris's money line though. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's the return of the Timmy teaser. We're doing this Here again. We go. Right? Absolutely. Why would we? Now yeah, you have to. Now you have to document. Why not? Right. Oh yeah. We'll do the AFC North Timmy teaser tomorrow. Give me seven points with the Ravens pick. Steelers plus the 14. That's a winner right there. Uh, that is a winner. Absolutely. I like it. Chris, why don't you pub up our great sponsor tonight as we head on out of here, my you man. You can't go wrong, guys. Cabo Abo, tremendous sight down here right on the Las Vegas Strip, the Miracle Mile Shops at Planet Hollywood. Uh, brought to you by rock legend Sammy Hagar. You rock fans <laughs> out there, you know you know who that is. You know, the fiesta never ends here at Cabo Wabo. Tacos, tequila, signature cocktails. We had a chance to dive into some of the food here, guys, and some of the libations. You cannot go wrong. Great view up here on the loft downstairs. They got it, they got it rumbling a little bit. Why? Because it's Saturday night in Vegas, right, guys? And we are on the eve of the NFL season. It's always great. Tim, Tommy, Brian, Armando, and everybody else, part of the uh, Heat Wave sports crew, to, to join you guys on this uh, occasion and getting getting Tommy Barton into Vegas, baby, for the first yep. time since since COVID. We got rid of the COVID <laughs> thing. So now you're, you're good to go, my man, and you'll get a chance to, to get out here more often. 
and uh, it kicks. I'll, it kicks I'll be off. back in four weeks. Football. <laughs> it kicks off in earnest, my friend. Tomorrow, the NFL. But you know what? Also, gets rolling here later on down this month and in the next in October. Your New York Yankees uh, will be on they might display, not my friend. Don't. They might not and make it. And they anymore. might. They, <laughs> it, 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 they're gonna make it. They're making Yankee fans skittish, my friend. But hey, they're still right there. Aaron Judge is gonna hit sixty. He is. He's hitting bombs left and right. Aaron Judge is going to break the the all-time home American run record. League, yeah, well, can they find you all-time on Twitter, Mr. Chris? Barry Bonds does not count. I, yeah. Nor does Mark McGuire. Or Sosa. Let's twice. Give, no, none of them. Let's give the yeah. Chiefs. And let's be honest. Uh, Roger Maris doesn't really matter either because it's an asterisk. Just <laughs> saying. <laughs> Leave him alone. Just, just hey, it's not an asterisk. It, that is a, that's a misconception. It's not an asterisk. It simply says he did it yeah. in 162 games. That, yeah. That's what it says, but no asterisks. But it's in parentheses. In honor, in honor of Tom Barton, Tim, we, uh, we finish off a uh, football-heavy show talking New York Yankees. Why not? Oh, well, let's man. give the cheap pubs. Yeah. We're, Christian Wynn twi- on Twitter. Chris W. Wynn on Facebook. And for the younger kids uh, over on uh on Instagram, you can find me CWin77, and as Armando pointed out multiple times during the show, you can hear me all over the Las Vegas <laughs> airwaves uh, across the board. No Snapchat at Out of Line Fox <laughs> LV, and of course Out of Line will be back on the air tomorrow morning, eight o'clock, and uh, a week from Sunday. It is our 10-year anniversary show, man. I can't believe 10 years already wow. we've been doing doing the show. Crazy, man. But, yeah, yeah, so we'll be on 8 o'clock tomorrow, Fox Sports Radio, man. Check us out. And uh, had a great time, guys. I really appreciate being here and looking forward to a, a good season. And by the midseason, you guys will help me pick another team to root yeah, for. Let's do it. Lions will be out by about week 8. Should be looking for another team. Week 7, week 8. Week it's going to be it's gonna Tommy, be. 30 seconds. Yeah. Tom. 2 and 0 today at Tom Barton Sports. TomBartonSports.com. Go check me out at Sports Garden. And believe in betting on the podcast. I've been giving out two winners, two winners, two Saturdays. Uh, I, I won by 35 and 35 points. Pretty good, right? Uh, I've given out free winners. Go check it out. I'm going on the air in a couple hours myself. Uh, hashtag SGN. Go check me out at Tom Barton Sports over on uh, Facebook as well. Tom Barton Sports over on YouTube as well. But I really want you to sign up at TomBartonSports.com and get some winners tomorrow. Four plays up tomorrow. Four big plays. Special thanks to Cabo Wabo, James Angel on site. Perfect, perfect setup for us. Mateo back in the booth. We'll talk to you tomorrow night, 10 o'clock, Heat Wave Sports, a Super Sunday night NFL recap week number one. Until then, have a great sports Sunday. Good night. Everything I wanna taste it, I embrace it